Super Scoreboard. The old firm through the decades. Some call it the greatest derby in the world. It is certainly the game that divides a country. When Celtic play Rangers, Scotland holds its breath. It's life or death to Celtic Rangers fans. Would you have signed for Celtic? No. Would you, Peter, have signed for Rangers? No chance. Absolutely not. Henrik was, um, you know, I call him a freak of nature. You know, 242 goals in 315 games. You know, that, that is just freakish. For me, it's the best Rangers team of all time that we were up against, and that's the biggest compliment I can pay those guys. When you walk in the doors, there's a special aura. When Graham left, David Murray actually just said, what do we need here? And we all said straight away, is that man there? Our challenge, when, when Graham came in, was to put Celtic off the, the top of the league. I don't care who we lose at me. See if you win a sign for us, you can't lose at me, Rangers. I'd have given the world for us. The old firm is beyond anything I've experienced and ever seen and all that as well and you don't know how it is until you actually experience it yourself. Each family hands down the mantle supporting their particular team and that'll carry on forever. Super Scoreboard The old firm through the decades it's game day, and this is the home of Scottish football. It's Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Good morning and welcome to Clyde One Super Scoreboard on a huge day of League and Cup action. Rangers are first up at Kilmarnock looking to open up a nine-point lead at the top. Then it's over to Celtic and Aberdeen to battle out for a place in the Scottish Cup final. Hearts are already there after a dramatic Edinburgh derby win at Hamden. I'm Gordon Duncan. Joining me in the studio, Gordon DL, Mark Wilson and Hugh Kevens. If Rangers want to win the league... They'll need to do more than beat Celtic. They'll need to win at places like Kilmarnock. And when the incentive is a nine-point lead over Celtic at the top of the table, then the need becomes all the greater. If Celtic want to win a quadruple treble, they'll need to get past Aberdeen, first of all. They scored three against them last Sunday. Unfortunately for Neil Lennon, they lost three against them as well. That's the background, Mark. Let's get this party started. Yeah, what a day we've got. I'm thoroughly looking forward to today. Rangers obviously up first at Kilmarnock a bogey ground for them in the past but they look much stronger but will they have enough to get past Kilmarnock today and Celtic against Aberdeen a hugely important game for Celtic and Neil Lennon in a 14 day period that's been pretty tough on them so a, a big one to come later on also great opportunity for Rangers you've got to say Gordon um, to go 9 points clear but let's not get kidded here as much as Rangers are in terrific form I think this will be a difficult game I really do down at Rugby Park and uh, I think Stephen Gerrard's man will need to be at the, the, the top of the game to get the three points and then we go into the semi-final and uh, I think it's an absolute cracker especially after what we got last week at Pataudry so a lot of good football ahead Yeah, huge afternoon coming up we're here until 6 o'clock it's a long old shift but a lot of football for you to enjoy let's go straight to Rugby Park and get the team news ahead of Kilmarnock and Rangers with Alex Ray and first Andrew McLean yeah, really intriguing tie here at Rugby Park. Will Kilmarnock managed to frustrate Rangers once again. Five wins and six draws for them in the past four seasons in this fixture. Or will Stephen Gerrard's side continue their impressive start to the campaign? As for the team news, it's three changes for Kilmarnock. Out go Rossi, Decamona and Kilty. In come Millen, Findlay and McKenzie. A 4-5-1 for them today. Danny Rogers starts in goal. A back four of Ross Millen, Kirk Broadfoot, Stuart Findlay and Callum Waters. The midfield five is Chris Burke, Gary Dicker, Alan Power, Aaron Tishbola and Rory 
McKenzie and the lone striker is Nicky Kabamba. The substitutes Doyle, McGowan, Hornstrup, Brophy, Kilty, Whitehall, Rossi, Pinnock and Malumbu. As for Rangers, five changes for them again today. They've done the same in the last two matches as well. Out go Balogun, Kamara, Davis, Hadji and Roof. In come Hellander, Jack, Aribo, Itten and Morello. So it's Alan McGregor who starts in goal. The back four, James Tavernier, Connor Goldson, Philip Hellander and Borna Barisic. The midfield three, Scott Arfield, Ryan Jack and Joe Aribo and it'll be Cedric Eaton and Ryan Kent either side of Alfredo Morelos the substitutes McLaughlin, Bassey, Balogun Kamara, Davis, Hadji, Barker Roof and Defoe, the referee here at Rugby Park is Andrew Dallas Alex Ray, the, the one name that really stuck out for us when we were looking at these teams today was Cedric Eaton, what do you make of his inclusion? Yeah, right out of left field, Andrew, I don't think anyone actually saw that coming and uh, you know it's an opportunity for the boy, he scored a couple of goals recently against Motherwell, uh, it's chance to impress uh, the manager uh, but I've been interested to see how he played because if my memory serves me right at the bit earlier on in the campaign uh, Itting played off the right hand side it didn't quite work for him that day he came uh, a lot more central in the second half and was a real handful for the Kamarnock uh, defenders so you know uh, I did say yesterday I felt as if Aribo Morelos the big hitters would come back in bring a physicality and you rightly said there are four internationals out, five replacing them today. So, you know, they're going like for like, and they, do, they look equally as strong. And you look at the, the midfield battle as well, with those yeah. changes, you've got a real physical aspect in there. Gary Dicker, Alan Power, Aaron Tishbola, we know what they're all about yep. at Kilmarnock, and they're up against Scott Arfield, Ryan Jack and Joe Rebo. Yeah, I said to you, uh, just before coming on air, I would absolutely love to see how this is going to pan out today, because what you have with Power, Dicker and Tishbola is three guys that are willing to put their foot in. I said yesterday, Rangers have to match them in that, in that front. You've got Arfield, Jack and Arebo, three guys who are very able, and I'm really looking forward to that contest. Lots to look forward to, a midday kick off here at Rugby Park Alex Ray just how big a test is this of how far Rangers have come of their title credentials wrap up whichever way you want but the form over recent seasons tells you it's been a really difficult place to go the last nine meetings at Rugby Park four Kilmarnock wins three draws and two Rangers wins everyone accepts Rangers are, are better now they're in a better place will we see that play out this afternoon uh, Gordon, it's a very good question. Uh, yeah, they, you have just highlighted the, the recent form here for Rangers. It hasn't been great, and they have to overcome that if they're going to go on and win titles. This would put down a marker, nine points clear. Uh, but that's easier said than done, because the one thing I do know about coming down here is they make it very difficult. I said yesterday they've got Broadfoot, Finlay, Dicker, Power, Tishbola as well, and also Kabamba. Right through the spine of this team, they've got guys that are willing to... They're, they're willing to put blocks on in front of people they're willing to defend deep and they do it in numbers and they're willing to break with pace on the, on the flanks with Burke, McKenzie and Kabamba uh, linking the play this will be a very difficult tie for Rangers today but if they're going to try and kind of get that 9 point gap then they must get a win here today uh, While I'm on a roll with the stats Alfredo Morelos in the team from the start today Alex he's got 11 in his last 11 against Kilmarnock it's an unbelievable record uh, and for all Rangers have struggled at times He's actually got a hat-trick down at Rugby Park previously. What do you make of the, the look of Rangers' attack today with him and, and Cedric Eaton? Yeah, uh, Gordon, I'll be fascinated to see how it actually plays out. Is he going to play in more narrow uh, to free up the space on the right-hand side for Tavernier? Is Arfield going to be more kind of veering towards the right-hand side? Because the one thing you don't want is Callum Waters charging down that right-hand side, uh, giving uh, Kamarna a foothold. So I think the dynamics of the whole uh, kind of patterns of play uh, will play out. Uh, but I think it in being in, it's a great opportunity for the boy to try and showcase. Uh, I was speaking to some of the backroom staff earlier on as well, and he says, listen, he's showing up well in training. He's very keen, he's very eager, and he wants to get amongst the goals. Uh, we talk about Rangers' struggles, if you like, and part of that is is credit to Kilmarnock in recent times. Having said that, I'm not sure they've ever arrived here in the form that they do at the moment. 
Alex Unbeaten this season 17 games played 14 clean sheets I know a lot of focus has gone on That recent run of clean sheets But when you when you open it out And take a wider view Across the season To keep a clean sheet In 14 of 17 games uh, You're clearly doing something right Yeah it's a, a great basis To build from Gordon And you're right and it, and it generates confidence Within that back line But it's not just the back line Because you look at the midfielder Giving a lot more protection The wide guys are tracking back also uh, And within that 17 games Gordon You're obviously 15 wins And two draws it's a, it's a terrific start But that goes for nothing Unless you actually continue On that vein And I think Stephen Gerrard Is down here uh, With plenty of confidence The players But they then have to Kind of implement that On the part today Because this is a different ball game This is a physical test uh, You know They have a lot of the ball But the first I said yesterday first and foremost you have to roll your sleeves up at this place because you have got seasoned pros throughout that command look team and you know one thing they'll not give an inch down here today I just wonder if Rangers form at the moment Alex and the the, the way that they seem to have a, a game plan a consistency does that fly in the face of things that we often hear about you can't keep chopping and changing you need continuity you, you, you need to you know keep the same basis of a team did Andrew say there that they've made five changes today and that's the yeah. same number that they've made in the last two games yeah that's correct I think it was so, Livingston last week midweek in Europe against yeah. uh, you know uh, sorry uh, so that's, that's three times yeah. Gordon that they've actually well, changed well, half their team so that's my point you're making five changes every game and nobody seems to notice any any time other teams do that, there tends to be a little wobble or a little accusation of you're tinkering too much, you're reshuffling too much. But everyone seems to be just fulfilling the same kind of roles within the team. Yeah, and when you look at it, Gordon, it's like for like when you're bringing in guys like Jack Arebo, you know, uh, Halander's been really impressive as well. Morelos is one of the main strikers, if not the main one in Scotland. So when you bring these guys in, you're, as you're saying, there's there's no kind of discrepancy in the quality of player that you're actually bringing to the, uh, the table. And they just seem to be fitting in really well. I, I, there's a real confidence throughout Rangers. They have a, a game plan, as you said. The players believe in what they're actually trying to do. So when they're going in there, it's not as if they're thinking, all right, OK, we'll get somebody that's a wee bit less uh, talented than the guy who's actually just been taken out the team. So he's, they're, they're doing it. And I think partly that is also that you are actually, um, you know, you're getting the results, Gordon, so you don't get it scrutinised as much. So, you know, I think you can get away with it as long as you're, you're winning games comfortably. In terms of who or what might hurt Rangers today, um what stands out at you from a Kilmarnock perspective I know you mentioned the midfield in terms of getting a foothold in the game do they have match winners do they have individuals though that can, can hurt Rangers yeah without doubt uh, little Chris Burke uh, is playing brilliantly this season as well you know he still continues to impress he's got four goals Kabamba is a real handful uh, through the middle Gordon set plays he attacks the ball very well and then you have uh, you know Kurt Broadfoot Finlay as well Dicker very aggressive uh, at set play so I think they've got plenty in the locker and uh, they'll be looking to try and capitalise you know they were unlucky last week against Hibs uh, and uh, you know they've got as they've got results within them and they'll have belief uh, for the previous couple of years we mentioned we made a lot there of the, the changes and it doesn't ever really seem to matter. Is there anyone that's been left out that, that does surprise you though? I'm thinking perhaps uh, Glenn Kamara, he's been getting a lot of praise recently, tends to play more often than not, you know, despite the fact that, that Rangers do make changes. No, I, I absolutely agree. I think for me, he's one of the standout midfielders so far. The opening couple of months, you know, I think he's taking his game to a new level. He's uh, he's he's actually playing more offensive than he's ever done as well. Gordon Little giving goes in around about the box, but you have to factor in that these guys are playing a hell of a lot of football. And when you're actually bringing in guys like Ryan Jack, Aribo uh, is back up to speed as well. So as I said, you know, it's a great luxury for a manager. And all the guys in the studio have managed when you've got guys who you can rotate and you feel really confident that they can actually do you a turn on a weekly basis. Then you. You know, it's a great place to be. 
for me, if you make five changes from game to game and you lose, it's foolhardy. If you make five changes and you win, it's an illustration of strength and depth. And I think that's what we're seeing from Rangers. Uh, but as I said at the start, you don't get the league title for beating Celtic. Rangers tried that last season. They beat Celtic in December and lost the title. They've beaten Celtic uh, last month, but they have to go and win at places like Kilmarnock, especially Kilmarnock, if they are to win the title. Yeah, I do agree with that, Hugh. I think I said earlier at the top of the show, I think this will be a difficult game. I don't know what like, the weather conditions are. Obviously, it was very blowing. Kilmarnock's not the greatest place to go down and play. If that's the, the, the case, Alec Hotel is better. He's at the stadium. Um, Sounds blustery for yeah, what it's worth. Uh, The one thing I will say about the Rangers manager About the changes uh, It's all about managing your squad And so far you give him 10 out of 10 Because it's worked It's been perfect for him His changes are correct Everything about it He's brought in hungry players Players that are wanting to show That they're worth a, a starting place every week And so far the squad rotation for Rangers Has been perfect Yeah, I have to agree with that I mean to keep your full squad of players And international players at that happy is a tough thing to do and he's he's managing it terrifically well getting away with the results so it'll continue um, but it's a big ask today and I said yesterday it'll be mm. ticking another box if they can show that they can go to Kilmarnock and go over the line OK here come the teams then on to their pitch at Rugby Park let's get a final recap of teams and build up to kick off with Andrew yeah, quite eerie as the teams came out there, yeah, not absolutely. even any music over the tannoy either, so quite a strange setting here at Rugby Park for Kilmarnock today. They've gone with Danny Rogers in goal, a back four of Ross Millen, Kirk Broadfoot, Stuart Finlay and Callum Waters. It's Burke, Dicker, Power, Tishbola and Mackenzie across the midfield with Nicky Kabamba up top. As for Rangers, Alan McGregor in goal, the back four, James Tavernier, Connor Goldson, Philip Hellander and Borna Barisic. The midfield three, Scott Arfield, Ryan Jack and Joe Aribo and it's Cedric Eaton and Ryan Kent either side of Alfredo Morelos. Players are standing over at the ball. Andrew Dallas is just making the final checks, and we are just about to get underway here at Rugby Park. The team with the biggest support in Glasgow and the West. This is Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Kilmarnock and Rangers is done. Let's get the story with Alex Ray and Andrew McLean. Kilmarnock nil, Rangers won the full-time score at Rugby Park. Stephen Gerrard's men go nine points ahead of Celtic at the top of the table with James Tavernier bagging the winner from the spot. Rangers were dominant in the first half, creating a good few chances. Early on, there was some good work down the right-hand side from Cedric Eaton. He got the ball to the byline, cut it back inside to Ryan Kent, and despite his close-range effort being on target, it was blocked in the end. In 19 minutes in, it was a deep free kick from Borna Barisic, played it into the box. Ross Millen jumped up with his arm in the air. The ball hit it, Andrew Dallas pointed to the spot and it was a penalty to Rangers. Upstepped James Tavernier, he was on nine goals for the season and he hammered that one into the bottom corner to get double figures and give Rangers the 1-0 lead and they maybe should have doubled their lead before the break too when James Tavernier's corner found Connor Goldson at the front post but he couldn't direct his header on target. The first decent chance of the second half fell to Kilmarnock. Alan Power ran in beyond, he flicked the ball over the head of the defender but couldn't quite catch his left-footed strike properly to test Alan McGregor. Nicky Cabamba also had a very decent chance from a header and maybe should have done better as well. There was then some good one-touch build-up play at the other end around the box for Rangers. 57 minutes in, it fell to Ryan Kent on his left foot. A great chance, but Danny Rogers made the save. And then a massive chance for Cedric Eaton. Stephen Davis curled a dangerous ball into the box. Eaton arrived at the back post and just a few yards out, his contact wasn't great and Danny Rogers made the save. Kilmarnock continued to push and press late on as the, continues, as the, the conditions worsened, but they just couldn't get the break 
break through. Brophy testing Alan McGregor from a free kick, but it was straight at him. And the wayside managed to hold out a big victory, nine points ahead in the Premiership, and a job done here despite the late pressure. The full-time score is Kilmarnock nil, Rangers one. Alex Ray towards the end, it, it wasn't pretty from a Rangers perspective, but a, a big win. Yeah, it was a professional uh, performance, Andrew. You touched on the horrendous conditions. It got a lot more worse in the second half. But again, as I said, it's important to come to places like this if you're going to win championships. And they dug in. I think the, the move to put Balligan on was a masterstroke because it gave you that aerial advantage as well because they've gone back to front with Kamarnock. But I think Stephen Gerrard overall will be absolutely delighted with the amount of games they've played recently. A big win for Rangers. James Tavernier getting the winner from the spot. They're now nine points ahead in the Premiership. The full-time score from Rugby Park is Kamarnock nil. Rangers won. Alex Ray, we said before the game, this is a tough place to go. Rangers' recent visits there tell you that. Kamarnock have got a brilliant record within the fixture. You can never be too sure of your conclusions because it's the 1st of November and there's a long way to go. But you know the types of things that are going to be said after that, that this was the type of game that Rangers would have dropped points in in the past. Is that accurate? Yeah, but without doubt, Gordon. I think we mentioned at the top of the show that, you know, when you take into consideration, this is a bad place for Rangers over the last couple of years to, to get wins. Uh, you know, they, they dug in, they stuck to their task. Uh, they could have been a little bit more ruthless in front of goals. A couple of good opportunities with Eton and Kent. Uh, but, you know, once it's always 1 0, you're running the risk. And they play a percentage game, Command. Look, you know, they shell balls into channels. They, from the wider areas, they try and get deliveries into the box. And they try and utilise that. And it's, it's worked well for them over, over the, the course of. Uh, Ali Dyer and uh, the manager previous, so uh, Stevie Clark. So when you factor all that in, this is a really important three points, Gordon, because this is the first time that Rangers have actually been asked to extend the lead, uh, you know, because Celtic are playing in a semi-final today. So this is exactly what they were looking to do, and this is about applying pressure, and they've done that. And is, is it about context, Alex? Because if you go there and get a 1-0 win and put in a performance like that, in a season where you've had ups and downs and you've been dropping points and you've not been convincing, then maybe you get a little bit of criticism or a little bit of negativity. But when that is game 18 of the season and you've not lost any and it's your 15th clean sheet, then there's a lot less to worry about. Yeah, Gordon, uh, they're defending for their life. There's a real aggression in what they're trying to do. And I think that stems from the more clean sheets you get, defenders, midfielders want to continue in that vein. It's almost like, uh, like this... And then uh, having not lost games also, uh, I think that's something that they'll want to keep this going as long as possible because all that does is adds more pressure on the Celtic, uh, Aberdeen and Hibs and it and it just gathers confidence and uh, I think, you know, there's so many ways to win a game. This is a pure scrap today because the conditions are horrific and there'll be more days like this and it's important to just try and get the points on the board, just keep applying pressure and just keep rotating the players as well because I think when you factor that in... Uh, I think this is really important for Stephen Gerrard because it keeps it the players fresh. I'm, I would expect this again on Thursday night when they go to Benfica and then they have to go again at Motherwell next week. So, you know, it's working really well, the rotation and the substitutions that he's making are actually making a difference also. Was there a man of the match for you this afternoon? Uh, oh, I think Golson done really well. Uh, you know, the ball's coming into the box, he attacked it really well. So I think Golson for me would probably be the standout. Listen, Tavernier stood up when it mattered and, and scored the all-important penalty. But I think uh, Golson, uh, you know, was very strong in defence. Points in the bag, pressure applied at the top. Now it's over to the Scottish Cup semi-final Celtic against Aberdeen Hearts awaiting the winner. We'll go back to Hamden and start the big build-up to kick off next. The winning team, all season long. 
This is Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Big Sunday of Scottish football action in the Premiership. It's finished. Kilmarnock nil, Rangers one. James Tavernier's first half penalty moves Rangers nine points clear at the top of the Premiership. Albeit Celtic do, of course, have those vital games in hand. We have plenty of time to reflect on that game at Rugby Park. Of course, we're going to hear from Stephen Gerrard and Alex Dyer. We'll take your calls on it as well and find out what you made of it. But the second. Of two huge games today Only 30 minutes away at the National Stadium Celtic against Aberdeen In the William Hill Scottish Cup semi-final Let's go back there and get a full recap of the teams And ramp up the build-up with Alison Conroy And Jim Duffy yeah, the second of last season's Scottish Cup semi-finals here at Hamden today. Celtic still pushing for that quadruple treble up against Aberdeen to see who plays Hart in December's final. It's three changes for both sides from that meeting at Petaudry last weekend. Celtic have Scott Bain in goal, a back four of Jeremy Frimpong, Nier Beaton, Shane Duffy and Diego Laxalt. Sitting in front of them, Cal McGregor and Scott Brown. Then the midfield three of Ryan Christie, Tom Rogic and Mohamed Ilianusi and Odson Edward back up top for Celtic. On the bench, Barkas, Taylor, Griffiths, Ayeti, Klamala, Sorrow, Turnbull, Cham, and El Hamid. For Aberdeen, Joe Lewis in goal, a back three of Tommy Hoban, Andrew Considine and Ash Taylor. Then across the midfield, Ryan Hedges, Lewis Ferguson, Ross McCorry, Scott Wright and Matty Kennedy. Up top, Marley Watkins and Sam Cosgrove. On the bench for the Dons, Woods, Logan, Lee, Devlin, Ojo, Main. McGinn, McLennan and Edmondson. Your referee for this one at Hamden is Don Robertson. Jim Duffy, the conditions here have um, <laughs> changed somewhat in the last 10 minutes. The rain is swirling around this stadium. Yeah, when we came in, Alison, we're thinking that's quite a pleasant <laughs> day here at Hamden. But, uh, you know, I think that unfortunately that's changed. Yeah, I mean, it's absolutely teeming down at this moment in time. It's swirling wind. But the pitch looks perfect. And obviously... There is a bit of protection the way the way Hamden is designed, you know. Um, so I don't think it'll impact the game too much. Um, but, you know, just as far as the, the the teams are concerned, when you play each other so soon after after last week, you know, there, there is I suppose it's like a penalty taker taking a second penalty. Mm -hmm. there, there, there is a little bit of psychology, you know. How do you go about it? Uh, if you're Aberdeen, do you go with the same approach and think, well, that, that had a decent amount of success last week? Or do you try and change it? And obviously Johnny Hayes missing, I think, is a big blow for them. I really do. Because I thought he handled Frimpong really well last week. And Frimpong normally would just shift it, knock it past. But I think Hayes almost had the, the same sort of pace. And, 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 and it kind of got inside Frimpong's head a little bit. So he kept coming in and certainly wasn't as influential. So I think that, that could be a telling point today as far as Aberdeen concerned. Celtic having Edward back. Um, I think is a, is a huge boost because I said I think he's, he's just top class um, and again as I said before it's, it's down to concentration but you need a clean sheet I mean I've heard the guys obviously talking we were watching the, the Rangers mm -hmm. game there I, I, I'm the opposite because I'm an old school defender I think Rangers outstanding defensively today and when you've got that solid backbone of your team you only need one goal and uh, you know, and, and I just think that that's something obviously that Celtic have been searching for. So they need a big defensive performance today. In terms of Celtic, Neil Lennon was very critical of his critics during the week. This is, you know, they've gone four games without a victory. But I know they were in Europa League in midweek. They got yeah. that point away from home. How much pressure is on Celtic aside from the fact they're pushing for this quadruple treble as well? I mean, there's always pressure on Celtic, you know, but to try and win this quadruple treble, even though it's carried on from last year, mm -hmm. is, you know, something that, they, you know, that, listen, they're used to it. You know, they've, they've won, was it the last 11 trophies available? So, you know, they've got an unbelievable record of success. 
and uh, you know that'll be something that's in their DNA. So that they'll be hoping to continue that. But uh, as far as today is concerned, as I said, you know the game's got to stand on its own merits. As I said, and you know the the, the conditions are horrible. Um, you know mentally, they've got to go over those little kind of bits of criticism that's coming their way. Celtics are a lot of praise, and rightfully so, rightfully so, and particularly, you know, from the turn of the year. But this is the first time we've had a wee bit of stick, and you can see when teams are not used to getting stick, everyone's reacting to it. Mm-hmm. You've just got to take it to the chin, and the only way you can shut critics up is by having a, 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 a good performance, a good defensive performance, and winning the game. And I, and I think Celtic will take any kind of victory today as long as they get to that cup final. Shane Duffy in particular has taken a lot of criticism from from all quarters for some of his performances. Neil Lennon is adamant, I'm not going to drop him because that's the worst thing I could do. What does Shane Duffy need to do? If his confidence is low, how does he pick himself back up? Well, I don't, I don't, I don't think it's the worst thing you can do if you've got better alternatives. But at this moment in time, Celtic haven't got you know a lot of alternatives in, in that area of the pitch. So he's got to play through it. And he's an experienced enough player. He's 28. He's got umpteen caps for for Ireland. You know, he's played in the Premiership and he's played at a good level. So he's just got, to, he's just got to you know weather the storm, as I said before. Except that if he's not doing his job, but to me, he's got to get back back to being a rugged defender. He was brought up here to intimidate, to, you know, defend his penalty box, to do, you know, the, the the ugly side of the game, if you want that. People were saying, oh, he's not the greatest in the ball. And I obviously think he's almost come up here. Not, I, I don't think um, any stretch of imagination uh, underestimated it, but I think he's thought, I'm playing for Celtic, for Dominic to get a bit of get it down, make little passes, don't boot it into Rosehead. And I think if I was Neil Lennon, I'd be saying to him, listen, I brought you here, you're six foot three, you look at the size of you, head it, kick it, tackle, give it to Scott Brown, give it to Callum McGregor, you, let them play and you defend, you defend that's all I want you to do, get yourself three or four clean sheets on the bounce or you know, in a succession of games and then you can start to try to link up the play and be a wee bit more creative. Just over 20 minutes until kick off here at Hamden and I'm not sure if the rain can get any heavier <laughs> Yeah I must admit we're looking at the television pictures it looks absolutely horrendous we hope it doesn't impact Worse than it I hope it doesn't impact the football too much Hugh Keevans um, it might well do that so about managing the conditions as well as the opposition today Yeah it's a shame it's like this no crowd and appalling weather however the circumstances surrounding the game are massive uh, for Neil Lennon and it it's almost unfair on Neil Lennon, you know. Yeah, he's won four trophies in a row since uh, succeeding Brendan Rodgers. Uh, he's playing an Aberdeen team who, you know, they've won one trophy in seven years. We think of Aberdeen as the third biggest team in the country. It's 35 years since they won the league. It's 30 years since they won the Scottish Cup. And it's six years since they tottered past Inverness Cali Thistle to win the League Cup. But last weekend... They represented a very real danger to Celtic. They scored three times, as did Celtic. They will go into this game knowing that they can uh, put Celtic under lots of pressure. But as Jim Duffy said, if Celtic can get a win today, their 35th cup win in a row, and keep a clean sheet, that would go down as a very good day for Neil Lennon. Yeah, Jim Duffy, we do live week to week in this part of the world sometimes, but when you reflect on that cup run, Celtic going for 35 consecutive wins in cup competitions. Just how impressive is that? Because, we, you know, obviously you get credit for, for winning leagues, um, but by and large, over 38 games, your superiority will tell. They've got the most money, they've got the best players, and, and usually that, you know, that, that'll tell over the course of a league. But to go 34 cup ties and 
Never have a, a real off day Never fall foul to, to just bad luck Or a refereeing decision Or whatever it may be And to win 34 consecutive cup ties That is some record isn't it? It's incredible Absolutely incredible And Celtic deserve enormous credit for that I mean I really think it should be highlighted more sometimes You know that level of success it's, 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 you know, as you say, generally speaking, you can have a bad decision against you. You can, you get away to very difficult away grounds, you know, with the conditions like today. Uh, and you've got to see different types of games and you've got to be resilient. But you've got, you've got to, Celtic are pretty much always going to take the game to the opposition anyway. So it's, you know, it's, it's so impressive. Uh, and when you mention, you know, when you, when you, you put that into context, as, as Hugh had just said there, a club like Aberdeen not having won it in 30 years, it's incredible. You know, when you see, you see, how, and, and Marco and Gordon have been there, you know, they, they, you know how difficult it is, uh, you know, particularly that Mark being at Celtic, you know, they, how difficult it is to win, you know, trophies, but to, to win as many on the bounce, to have as many successes in cup ties is incredible, absolutely incredible. But, uh, you know, listen, last week, as you say, we're living the moment, but last week, I mean, Celtic gave away two penalties. Two penalties, un- you know, and unnecessary and in a sloppy a sloppy go in between. So these are the moments that can can decide whether you're in a, a cup competition or not. And, you know, that they've managed to... To, to not have these type of moments in previous years and they've got a, the perfect opportunity today to get back to doing what they know best which is winning semi-finals you know they're, they're you know unbelievable at it and, and, and finals of course but to get to get there and give that chance to play Hearts uh, in December It's not often Celtic go into any match having not won in the previous four but I think that the consensus was Jim that despite throwing away the 2-0 lead there were far more positives from Thursday night which Celtic would then look to take in to the game this afternoon What were they? What did they do better on Thursday That they'll look to build on today? Well I think they, You know I think that Perhaps You know I'm not saying the pressure's off There's always an expectation But I think most people thought That Lille would be Too strong for Celtic And that if they Take Eden at all from the game It'd be a bonus But uh, you know I think what they did do Is that They were a wee bit more um, reserved in, in terms of how they approached the game and played it almost like a counter-attack team and I think it actually suited Celtic to, well, because they had won they scored two goals and could have scored another couple of goals and uh, you know and, and I think sitting back a little bit and, and bringing the opposition onto them actually suited them unfortunately I don't think that's the case in Scottish football they're, they're almost expected to always be on the front foot but because the they're on the back foot now. I mean, obviously, late in the game, they maybe too much. They, they, they then go the other way, particularly once they get one goal. That wee bit of nervousness come in. But they managed, I thought the, the last 10 minutes, I thought they saw the game out really well. So I think that there was a, there was definitely um, positive aspects um, to that game. There's no doubt about it. But it was a different type of game that they, they dealt with. Um, but going away was a, was a good point. Regardless of you know, losing the two goal lead, it was a good point. And, and I think that, um, you know, they didn't lose, which is another thing, you know, you don't want to be going, oh, people say, oh, you've lost three out of the last four and all these kind of things. So, listen, you can you can look at it two ways. They're unbeaten in two. <laughs> or you can say they haven't won in two. So it just depends on what, which side of the coin you want to flip. Uh, Celtic's success in recent seasons, Jim, has often been built around a, an array of in-form match winners. And you could argue that that's what's been missing recently because Odson Edwards had to have a spell out the team. His form dipped before that. There's no James Forrest at the moment. Ryan Christie had his isolation period. Maybe at times not getting a, a tune out of Ilyanusi. So the amount of match winners Celtic had in the last few weeks compared to the last number of seasons was was diminished. However, two goals from Ilyanusi in Europe following on from the one he got 
Against AC Milan Maybe showing signs that, that, that he can kick on And become a real threat For Celtic this afternoon Well again Gordon I go back to the, the way they played I think he's a better player Almost on that counter attack Where he's He's he's, he's in that kind of Three quarter position If you want to call it that Where he's He's in those little pockets That if you if you break Then he he's the one To go and support um, The striker And uh, You know In, in their space and, and he can capitalise On that win you know, he's up against tight defences and Aberdeen look as if they're going to play the, the three again, or five at the back. He, he doesn't really influence the game enough. You know, he's not he's no getting involved in the game when there's not as much space. So I think it, it just depends. I mean, obviously, we look down from this stand here and the pitch looks massive. But, you know, he's, he's got to influence the domestic games a little bit better. Absolutely. And, and the other one I think it will be looking to... You know, impressed today, if you want to call it that, because, he, again, an unbelievable record is Scott Brown. I mean, Scott Brown record as a Celtic captain, you know, it's only it's, it's only bettered really by Billy McNeil. So, but in recent weeks, because he's a captain, because he's been there so long, because he's 35 years of age now, people are saying, asking questions for the first time in a long, long time. He's been substituted, he's been left out. So I think today, he's the guy that will say, that, listen, I'm taking this game with a scuff in the scuffing. I, I would expect a big performance for him. And when he plays well and demands of his teammates, Invariably Celtic play better It's not often You go into a Celtic game And, and talking about or, or a domestic Celtic game Certainly And saying it's a big day For the defence Because you're used to being Preoccupied by Their attacking talent And what they might do To the opposition But given The goals they've conceded recently Given the criticism That's come at Shane Duffy The, the change in goalkeeper The lack of, of depth Because of injuries To Ayer And in, in Covid situations With, with Beaton and El Hamed Previous Julian's got his back injury How important might Cosgrove v Duffy be as a battle Jim because Sam Cosgrove makes his first Aberdeen start since the 29th of February today yeah I mean it's an interesting one because it can go two ways if, if I'm Sam Cosgrove I'm going on beat on that's for, that's for sure I think Gordon would, would be saying that you know you go on the the less you know the, you know, I know I know Duffy's maybe people I think maybe a bit nervous or you know could you upset him or could you could you force a mistake from him so you can look at it from that side but he's not a natural defender beat on whereas you would imagine Duffy would like to play against a big you know imposing centre forward you know go and compete against him someday it's maybe running him into the channels taking him out of that central area I think would give him more problems so it'll be interesting to see how, how Derek McInnes you know, uh, approaches it in, the, in his game plan leading up to this. Does he, does he say to, to Sam Cosgrove, you get yourself right on uh, Duffy and try and upset him, try and make him look uh, edgy, or does he go on the, the, the least experienced defender who's a guy who likes to get on the ball and is some, you know, he's, he's got a little bit more of a, a, of a creative quality about him rather than a natural defender. So it'll be interesting just to see how, how he does that. Uh, but as I, as I mentioned earlier on, right at the very start, Gordon, I think a big, a big uh, problem for for Aberdeen today could come on that left hand side because I don't think Matty Kennedy, if he does play as a wing back, is anywhere near as good as Johnny Hayes in both roles. I think he's better going forward, or as good going forward perhaps, but not defensively. So Frimpong might just get a little bit more joy um, than he did last week against Johnny Hayes. If we're assessing potential threats to Celtic and Sam Cosgrove may well be one of them depending how he fares after being injured for so long what about Lewis Ferguson Jim? Uh, He's very similar statistics to James Tavernier that we mentioned earlier on he's got nine goals this season and incredibly six of them have come from the penalty spot but I think his all-round performances have caught the eye as well Yeah, I mean he's a very good player I mean again, tall and posing you know, aggressive. He's just got to be careful, as I've said before. You know, and some of the challenges he, he sometimes just 
he just wants to win every ball. Um, but uh, a very, a very good player, um, great potential, and uh, a, a great signing. You know, um, another one that's uh, come through through the ranks at Hamilton and stuff. But again. He's just been a great, a terrific signing, absolutely terrific piece of business. And, you know, there's a lot of talk about a lot of major clubs looking at him. And again, Derek will be hoping to get this season out of him. And then if, if everything is back to normal, a little bit better, hopefully by, by next summer, they could they could really pick up a really healthy fee for him. Um, because uh, uh, there's no doubt in the modern game, he epitomises what you're looking for a midfield player. Box to box, strong, can score goals, can tackle, he's fit, he's about the pitch. He's got all the attributes, um, you know, to, to be a top-class player. And, and as you say, he's chipping was it, is it nine goals or something yes, like that nine. now? Something like that, nine goals. And I know a lot from the spot, but, you know, listen, you know, it's not, it's not just as easy just to go up there. I mean, it's, not, it's not a gimme when you get a penalty these days, and particularly when you take so many, remember the amount of home what the goalkeepers do now. So, yeah, I mean, terrific. And, um, you know, and I, I know last week Ross McCrory started as a, as a right wing-back. It'll be interesting to see where he plays today. But... Uh, and then eventually went to, to centre mid. But I, I think he's a wee bit, I wouldn't say lost out there, but I certainly don't think he's as, as effective if he is in that area. And I think uh, Lewis Ferguson enjoys playing with McCrory. So, again, we'll just look and see when the teams line up, how they line up. Let's hear from both managers then, starting with Neil Lennon. It's not normal, a normal season. I think that's a shame for them because I think they deserve, you know, to go into this season for people to see it and experience it. So not only do they have the football challenges and the pressure of that, they've got other challenges that every club is going through. Some benefit maybe better than, than others. But we're adapting as we go along. There's a long, long way to go in the season. A long way to go. A lot, lot to look forward to. And we've just had a bit of a, a, you know, a downturn in performances, but I understand why. It's important to try and find a performance in us. To get to another final, we put ourselves in position to win the trophy. We've proved we're a good cup team. We're up against the team that's been the best cup team over the last few years. Their record has it's been incredible, really. Celtics and and, uh, and they've broken all sorts of records with that with their cup competition. I think it's 35 games unbeaten in cup competitions. But we know that that has to come to an end and we know we feel we're good enough to win another cup at some point. So we're two games away from it. It's important we try and no look too much at what's happened previous or um, it's just important we deal with the now. My players are busting, absolutely busting. They're in a good place. Can't wait for the game. Um, and we, we look forward to the opportunity on Sunday. Well, he says they're bursting to get going, Derek McInnes. And so they should be. Uh, they enjoyed a, a lot of joy against Celtic last week, but so did Celtic against Aberdeen. Uh, as I say, for me... Neil Lennon goes into this game obviously under the greater pressure but I think that's slightly unfair because Neil Lennon has won trophies uh, in both times as Celtic manager and Derek gets the luxury of not being Glasgow not being part of the most intense rivalry in Scottish football he can get away with the fact that he last won a trophy six years ago Neil Lennon has won four in the bounce and some Celtic fans want him out Mark yeah, Wilson, these sides have met a lot at Hamden in recent seasons yeah. Some have been close Some haven't um, but, uh, On one hand Aberdeen have done very well To get there I don't think we can overlook that I know Hugh says well, I mean they're, they're the third best side And they should win more silverware Which a lot of Aberdeen fans Will agree with um, But it's also worth bearing in mind 
How far off the top two they are In terms yeah. of resources and, and that's why they perhaps don't win a bit more Well more often not The team that stopped them winning silverware Has been Celtic And Celtic have conquered everything For the last three and four years So you you can see where the, that falls down Derek will be you know, incredibly proud That his Aberdeen team have put Cup run together after cup run And they've reached Hamden several occasions But you're, Hugh's right to an extent There does come a time where the Aberdeen fans will say Well when are we going to beat Celtic And I think a lot of the Aberdeen supporters Are thinking this is today I mean when you look at the, the head-to-heads with Celtic and Aberdeen You have to go back two and a half years almost Where we're the last one You know, And although games have been close mm. Celtic always find a way Getting the job done And that's why I, th- I, th- I still think They will have enough today I know it's been a hard two weeks And Aberdeen Will put up a challenge With their back five But I think it was Celtic Having their big hitters back Edward back Elianusi playing better Rogic looking fitter You know And Brown back in the side It's more of a familiar look mm. To the last few years Than what's been In the last few weeks Gordon that's it Aberdeen go into the game In good form though They've only lost three times This season One against Rangers one against Sporting in, in the Europa League And the other one was that Disappointing afternoon They had against Motherwell at Pataudry But they've only lost three times They've drawn with Celtic last week they, they do actually come into this In very good form Yeah they do And I think this is their best chance uh, To beat Celtic I don't think that'll happen But I think it's their best chance We talk about Neil Lennon Being under pressure You're under pressure every game If you're a Celtic or Rangers manager You've got to keep winning I think Derek McInnes, the spotlight goes on him as well. And you can see the third best, biggest club and the players and the, the backing that Derek's got. They seem to choke every time they get to, you know, semi-final, final, especially when you come up against Celtic. But that, that's what and, I mean. And and is, team, that, is that choking or is it just coming up against the uh, team? I, I, I think the amount of times you've got to, you know, and there's times when he was in a position that he could have probably went and seen the game out. But you can argue the other side that Celtic have got the better players. But... I think Aberdeen fans will get to the stage and think when are we actually going to do this when are we going to break this this stuff you can't just keep saying every time you get to a semi-final or final oh it's Celtic they'll get better players we're going to lose this so I think it's a big game for Derek McInnes I think he's got the best opportunity because you said there you rhymed off he's got a really good I agree with Jim Duffy let me say about the Johnny Hayes I think he will be a big miss but he's got good players in there Considine is in a high way winning a cup Cosgrove coming back will be a handful Ferguson's bang on for him they say McCrory was the best sign he's, he's signed for a, a, a wee while in the middle of the park from Rangers on loan Hedges is playing a, a good standard Kennedy so he's got a, he's got good players at his disposal but I just think he's going up against not a wounded Celtic side but a Celtic side that's come in for a bit of criticism I've seen something on Thursday night makes me think that Celtic will go out and get into the final of the Scottish Cup Hearts are through to the final of the Scottish Cup either Celtic or Aberdeen will join them kick off from Hamden is next The fastest goals the expert opinions this is Clyde One Super Scoreboard just waiting for the teams to emerge from the tunnel here at Hamden. Celtic v Aberdeen in the second of this weekend's Scottish Cup semi-finals. As the teams do start coming out, Celtic coming out first, led by Scott Brown. The teams will be Scott Bain in goal for Celtic, a back four of Jeremy Frimpong, near Beaton, Shane Duffy and Diego Laxalt. Then with Cal McGregor and Scott Brown with the three of Ryan Christie, Tom Rogic, Mohamed Ilianusi. Up top for Celtic today, Odson Edward. For Aberdeen, Joel Lewis in goal, a back three of Tommy Hobine, Andrew Constein and Ash Taylor. 
Midfield five of Ryan Hedges, Lewis Ferguson, Ross McCrory, Scott Wright and Matty Kennedy. Up top for the Dons for this one, Marley Watkins and Sam Cosgrove. Jim Duffy, it's such a, a, a strange situation as we've done so many Scottish Cup semi-finals, finals, and we see it with every game, but this one particularly is very strange. Yeah, it's very vacuous here at Hamden, isn't it? You know, I mean, it's just like, uh, you know, so strange and obviously such an important match for both teams. We mentioned before the game, 30 years since Aberdeen have won a, a Scottish Cup and Celtic going for that incredible quadruple uh, treble. And, uh, you know, but having no fans here and with the rain coming down and it's played now in the start of November, it is uh, very surreal. Mm-hmm. But listen, these players, have you know, they've, they've been used to playing without fans now. They've got to get, they've just got to get that out of their heads and focus on the job in hand. Uh, listen, it's got, I think it'll be a very competitive match. I think it'll be a very close match. Um, but, uh, you know, again, we'll just be interested to see have any of the managers just tweaked the, the system from last week's game. We've spoken so much about the Celtic team and the players that have come in. Sam Cosgrove, of course, came on last week mm-hmm. up at Vitaudry when um, Edmondson was forced off. How much of a welcome addition will he be for Derek McInnes in a game like this? Well, I think he'll be absolutely delighted to have his... his I mean, he was, he was in, you know, an incredible scoring run, uh, you know, up until the, 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 the COVID shutdown. And he'll be looking to see if he can get back to that level of form. And Celtic having Odson Edward back in as well, I think will be a magnificent boost for Celtic. It is the Scottish Cup semi-final, Celtic v Aberdeen, and we're almost underway. The fastest goals, the expert opinions. This is Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Now it is full time at Hamden. Let's get the picture from the National Stadium with Jim Duffy and Alison Conroy. Full time Celtic 2, Aberdeen 0. 35 consecutive cup wins for Celtic and they're into the Scottish Cup final as they chase that quadruple treble. Celtic were rarely troubled and two lovely goals sealed the win for them from Ryan Christie and Mohamed Elianusi. Ryan Christie with a wonderful curling shot from 25 yards after 18 minutes to put Celtic one in front. Mohamed Elianusi doubled the lead five minutes later, firing into the roof of the net from close range after a lovely cross from Tom Rogic. Hudson Edward had a couple of chances for Celtic as well. Aberdeen rarely troubled Scott B and Ryan Hedges had a chance earlier early on, but he took too long and near beat on did well to put the ball out for a corner. Then it was a great chance for Sam Cosgrove in the second half after a mistake by near beat on, but it was easily saved by Scott Bain. Then Matty Kennedy yards out, but Jeremy Frimpong did well with the challenge. So Celtic into last season's Scottish Cup final with a 2-0 win. Full-time Celtic 2, Aberdeen 0. Jim Duffy, a much better performance from Celtic, looked in control for the whole game. Yeah, absolutely, totally in control from from pretty much the first two or three minutes, maybe maybe first five minutes, Aberdeen had a bit of a go. But after that, Celtic absolutely uh, dominated the game in terms of just uh, professionalism. You know, defended properly, um, looked a threat. Obviously, the first two goals um, put the game beyond Aberdeen because I can't remember uh, Aberdeen having a shot on target in, in 90 minutes. And I think that'll be one of the, one of the frustrating things um, from Derek McInnes's point of view. Listen, his team. You know, worked hard. You know, chased, tried to press Celtic. The Celtic uh, quality shone through. The the two goals um, were exceptional goals to score. Um, they have that little bit extra, uh, you know, uh, creativity in the final third. They've got plenty of options. Uh, they, they were just back to what they do well. Brown and McGregor sat in front of that back four initially, protected it. Duffy done what he was supposed to do when he came to Celtic, which is head it, tackle, 
stick it and just be an out and out centre back and he did that really well alongside Beaton today uh, tactically I thought um, Celtic um, got it right as well um, when they had to change their back three again just to make sure they saw the game out um, they did that but overall um, a thoroughly comprehensive uh, performance from Celtic definitely deserved to be in the final against Hearts uh, in a few weeks time Ryan Christie and Mohamed Ilianusi with the goals as Celtic get back to winning ways in style to book their place in the Scottish Cup final. Full time at Hamden, Celtic 2, Aberdeen 0. Well, what did you make of it then? Celtic fans, Aberdeen fans, interested neutral observers, let's hear from you all. 01419511025. What did you make of that game at Hamden? It's going to be Hearts against Celtic on Sunday, the 20th of December in the William Hill Scottish Cup final. Uh, Celtic fans how encouraged were you by that performance is that another sign that you're very much uh, over that sticky patch or whatever it was in the last few weeks let us know how you saw today's game Uh, and Rangers fans what about going nine points clear at the top of the Premiership yes you've played uh, more matches but that must be a nice position to be in so let us know all your thoughts on all of today's games 01419511025 and we'll speak to you next The winning team all season long. This is Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Hugh Keevans, Mark Wilson, Gordon Deal and Jim Duffy are here. It's been a busy day of Scottish football and now they want to hear from you. They want to know what you made of today's action in the league. Rangers go nine points clear after a 1-0 victory at Kilmarnock. James Tavernier penalty. Then it was over to Celtic in the Cup. 90 minutes away now from a quadruple treble after getting past Aberdeen to face Hearts in the final 35 consecutive Cup wins for Celtic. So what did you make of it? 01419511025. Get in touch, put your point across to the guys and let's see what we can come up with. We will hear from all the managers as well between now and six o'clock. Let's just get stuck straight in, shall we? Ian is a Celtic fan on the line. Ian, sum up how you are feeling this evening. Delirious. That was a training session. That was a training session, Gordon. Uh, good evening, Shu, uh, Mark, Jim, Hi, and uh, the Dazzler. How are you doing? Hi, Ian. Uh, Listen, right Celtic, I think your peril, guys. I don't know if you... I've not heard you for a long time because I've been working away from home and um, I'm just back for sunny Greece yesterday, so after 10 days, so... Uh, and time and time in which I'm going for a quadruple treble. And this is... This is everybody running Celtic down. Not saying you guys, but... Even the supporters, some of them are running us down. You know what I mean? But today, they never come out of second gear. And I'm actually like my dad's watching it And as soon as it came off of the, the shot of Christie The nice wee lay back, lay back for Tom Rogic I said to the, I said to the family I said, that's in the top corner Pick it out You know what I mean? Tom Rogic What do you think of him guys? Man of match I thought But he didn't get money of match What's your, what's your points guys? Uh, well, first of all, uh, I don't think anyone has written Celtic off. People have mentioned poor performances, and there have been. Well, in, fairness, in fairness to Ian, though, he references even other. We have had fans on, we had fans on the show that said they thought Celtic had zero chance. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. After the first caller after the Rangers game hmm. said he had conceded the league title, but I'm, I'm, fans must say what fans want to say because as long as they keep it within the law. Uh, that's fine They're entitled to have an opinion Negative and positive But no one here has written Celtic off We have 
drawn attention to poor performances. The performance against Rangers was exceptionally poor. Didn't have a shot at goal. Uh, and the performance against Aberdeen last week was questionable because there were uh, three bad goals lost by Celtic. But today was the beginning of a renewal for Celtic, I felt. They played today in a way, first half, that they have not played all season long. They were terrific. And they had blown Aberdeen off the park by half time, really. Uh, as for Tom Rogic, yeah, he's had a very good return to Celtic. He was very good at Petaudry, very good today. Again, I, I draw attention to Shane Duffy because he's the one who's been getting stick right, left and centre from the Celtic supporters. But I thought today he did the simple thing all day long and did what Neil Lennon brought him to Celtic Park to do. So I thought a special mention was due to Shane Duffy. So Ian, write Celtic off at your peril. Is that your message tonight? Yeah, it is very Gordon because, look, can I say something to the two... Two defenders, ex-players Jim Duffy and Mark Wilson. Now, near near Beaton, would you think, Mark? A f- unbelievable performance today by Beaton. I thought Duffy had his best game in a Celtic jersey. And I'll, I'll run back to Thursday night. We've seen a Celtic team on Thursday night that's turned the corner. I thought we were unlucky that we we never seen the game out, but we got a point and it kicked it kickstarted our Europa League season. Um but today Mark and Jim beat on the whole back four uh, were unbelievable. Laxal what a player that boy is and Frimpong don't know what to say about him. Yeah. I, I I do think I, I do think the back four does take a lot of credit, but your point beat on I think it's quite odd that when you're looking at the, the signing Celtic have made and, and Shane Duffy and, and Christopher Julian for quite a lot of money, Beaton quite often looks the most assured when he plays centre half. And for somebody who was originally a centre midfielder, I think Neil Lennon's lucky that he's got a player like Beaton who can come in and play back up to an Ayer or a, a Julian when he's injured. And He's so accomplished at the back Huge credit to him Because it's a difficult thing to do And he, he looked very, very comfortable No matter who he plays beside in there Jim Duffy, who was your man of the match today? Mine was Callum McGregor um, But, uh, you know, listen I, 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 You could give it to a number of players Christie obviously the goal I, I, Again, I would, you know, look at Shane Duffy Similar Because he defended so well But, you know, it <laughs> There was there was a, a number of Celtic players who played well, but not not brilliant for ninety minutes. Not totally fantastic, but, but can, totally in control with the game. And, and and you know just that people use that phrase professional. Just knew their jobs, done it, and and, and you know made sure that there was never any opportunities, never a sniff. There was only that one little delay from near Beaton where he, he, he got robbed. I think with Scott Wright, I think it was, and and and, and they managed to get the block in. But other than that. Um, they controlled the game. Yeah, listen. I mean, I said last week uh, when I was up at Pataudry when Celtic lost, you know, a, a couple of goals and a couple of elementary errors from penalties and stuff. And I said, like, you need to keep a level of perspective and calmness. And I would say the same now. You know, you can't throw uh, everything's perfect because they won two nothing today. Um, but listen, it'll be a big boost for Celtic in the sense of, you know, getting that clean sheet. And they were totally, it was a totally dominant display in terms of um, you know winning the game. 
but as I said, that you know now now it's about getting that consistently uh, over over the, the the coming weeks before they get to the cup final against Hearts, where they will be strong favourites and they're playing a championship side. Let's not forget that as much as as uh, Hearts uh, tweets can can maybe try and uh, you know change that yeah. that uh, they are a championship side and so Celtic. Uh, with a record at home, uh, sorry, at Glasgow uh, against the Hearts, will be huge favourites to to complete that quadruple uh, quadruple treble treble and uh, just I, I mean an all round um, terrific performance from Celtic today. But uh, Ian, as I said, is is he's going on the other way, opposite to what some of the Celtic fans have came on in over over recent weeks, and it, it's so it's so instant football now. One one week you're hopeless, one week you're superb. So it's just getting that balance right. What about Shane Duffy in particular? Ten goals the team has conceded, Jim. It's not just him. Ten goals in the last four games. But there's obviously been that added spotlight on him. A combination of things, probably the 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 reaction to him signing, the, the profile that he's got. People mention the money that he's on, the mistakes he's made. So how important do you think that was for him to have a, a solid game this afternoon? Yeah, it's a kind of strange thing, you know, when you come up and people start suggesting. No, no one really knows how much money, in, in it, but it's a material. He, listen, he's he's brought to Celtic to do a job. It's like you know a jetty getting brought for five million or Julian for seven million. They, people don't the, the players don't determine the fees, and then other people almost judge them by that. But listen, I think as I said at the start of the program that he, he maybe just thought I have to be a bit more of a footballing defender. Uh, and you know when he's a he apparently box defender, uh, then then he's very good. I mean every, every ball that came into the box today, he didn't just kind of you know if you want to call it just calmness away. He was really aggressive in his head and really aggressive in his clearance. Um, you know stood up when he had to in the box, gave a couple of cheap free kicks outside the box because I think he's he was a bit he's, he's probably been told listen be a defender, be more aggressive, and he maybe just he just has to balance that again. But overall in the box he was in good positions. Um, you know, he's the right position. Uh, I agree with Ian Beaton again. Does very well, and he's a bit like the again like the Fabinho situation. There's a number of ones that you know that have that went back in now from midfield. Uh, Fernandino done it for Manchester City, all holding midfielders, and the, and then a lot of part of the career, the, the, you know, they can get to defence it. And I think that's just the way the game is now. There's, you know, you you can anticipate it, you can read it. There's not as many crunching tackles from defenders. But Shane Duffy certainly went about his business today uh, in the manner where, uh, you know, he certainly um, intimidated um, uh, Cosgrove and anyone else that come up against him today. He, he wasn't. He certainly wasn't going yeah. to be uh, out muscled in these situations. Just before we let you go then Ian what, What's your message to anyone who had Or has written Celtic off at this stage? Uh, smell it love Because we're back And I'll tell you Motherwell Beware next week Gordon your team No you Gordon I think you're a Motherwell supporter as well Gordon But Gordon Dale Next week Is back Well obviously they'll get a game on Thursday night against Lille Is it not Lille sorry Spartan Prague is it? Yeah Um and then Motherwell on Sunday up start the kick start the season again because I say when you're three games in hand you're still three points behind uh, your rivals your main rivals and then still get field film games to play guys so all to play for Celtic supporters watch this space OK thank you very much that was Ian on the line 01419511025 John's a Celtic fan we're going to speak to him next Scottish football's league leader this is Clyde One Super Scoreboard Hugh Keevans is in the studio Mark Wilson and Gordon DL are next to him 
And Jim Duffy still at hand And having watched Celtic get into the Scottish Cup final Where they will take on Hearts After seeing off Aberdeen in the rain at hand And let's bring in John who's a Celtic fan on the line And see what he made of it today Hi John Gordon Hugh, Jim, Mark and the legend uh, Forgive me I have a bit of a throat infection today uh, Obviously we needed that today um, the thing is, a lot of Celtic supporters were coming on the show. I thought it was ridiculous saying that Neil Lennon, no, he's not the man. Uh, his tactics, this and that. Now, some of the Celtic supporters think that he can pull a manager out the hat. There's no money going about right now to get a manager if you were going to replace him, which I think is ridiculous to replace him. What would you? I mean, we had a, a manager... And Rogers at two million pound. I thought it was ridiculous, but we needed that today. The first twenty minutes of Celtic was tremendous. It was Celtic of old, and I, I hope it's upwards and not onwards. I really do think today, uh, as I said, we really needed that because uh, it was. I would rather have a dip at the beginning of the season than uh, when you get to after the new year. April and May. So for me, I, I I'm enjoying the fact that Rangers are giving us a game. They're a lot better because uh, for me, I don't want ten in a row to be a gimme. I want competition, and that's how I feel about it, guys. John's call tonight sponsored by Strepsils on the open line. Let's bring in Jim Duffy. Jim, it's difficult to. To sort of come up with, you know, who creates it? Neil Lennon says it's it's a media creation, but even some Celtic fans came on this show after that and said, "Well, no, we're the ones that have not been happy with the job and, and so on." We'll leave that to other people to decide. Was it a big result for Neil Lennon today? Yeah, I mean, listen, when you haven't won for a few games as a Celtic manager, regardless of what success you've had in the past, you know, you always need a big result in these type of games. And so, you know, from that that point of view, it was, but. I think that uh, he, he would probably deep down know that it would it would just be a matter of time before his team clicks. But as I said, when you when you're manager of Celtic, you don't get maybe as as much. Time. Listen, no no manager gets time these days. This is the nature of it. But when you're uh, at such a high profile club, you're going to you're going to create media headlines. But listen, you know our, our program in particular. There's been it's been mostly Celtic fans that have been coming on being critical. You know, it's not it's not been the media. Um, he said himself that there was maybe a wee bit of lack of confidence or a wee bit of fragility. Used phrases, and then somebody like Christopher Ayers came and said, "No, no, I'm, I, I, I don't feel that." So, you know, I think that you know, it's, it's results and 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 losing goals. Uh, and also your your biggest rivals are keeping clean sheet after clean sheet. So there's a you know there's that other side of it. But um, uh, the only thing I would say, John, I think most Celtic fans would much rather have a much easier ride this season to get to ten in a row rather than a competition. But there is a competition just now. But today was about the semi final and another victory for Celtic. I think was it Alison or yourself said thirty five on the bounce. Yeah. That is an incredible statistic at any level of football because, as you said, Gordon, there are so many variables that can happen in cup competitions and for Celtic to overcome all of them over that period of time deserves enormous credit. I mean, absolutely sensational uh, statistics for Celtic. Yeah, John, how do you feel about being nine points behind? Because obviously there's a long way to go and Celtic have got the games in hand. So how do you feel about the league table as it stands tonight? I really just feel that um, obviously Rangers will be having their dips through the season, and as you just said, there it's going to be 
it's early days to actually start um, worrying about replacing a fantastic manager after, you know, we had Brendan Rodgers and everything was wonderful there. And Neil's done his job. Obviously, as I said, he's going to have his dips, but I think it'll be upwards and onwards and Neil will give us 10 in a row. And as I said, for the Celtic fans that come on this show and wanted them replaced, they're no Celtic fans, they're panic merchants. John, could I just address that point? Celtic supporters this season bought tens of thousands of season tickets in the knowledge that there was a chance they wouldn't get to actually see a game at Celtic Park. They paid their money and they supported the club. Neil Lennon said that some of them should calm down when he had his outburst last Tuesday. If you've paid your season ticket, you're as real a Celtic supporter as the guy beside you who thinks that Neil Lennon is doing a great job. No one here has said that Neil Lennon is not doing a good job. But I am saying to you, John, you're not a real Celtic supporter because you have a particular shade of opinion. So if they've played their season ticket money and financially backed the club, it's all right for them to hold an opinion. That doesn't make them any less of a supporter than you are. They simply hold an opinion that is contrary to yours. And Neil Lennon is doing fine. He's won four trophies in a row. He's now one game away from a unique piece of history because apart from a quadruple treble, no club in the history of the Scottish Cup has ever won the trophy four times in a row. And Celtic stand on the verge of a piece of Scottish football history. But if a man has an opinion contrary to yours, that doesn't mean you're a real Celtic supporter and he's not a real Celtic supporter. Mark, in terms of signs that, that things are moving in the right direction or, or have moved in the right direction, what, what would they be? Because I think it's fairly obvious the Rangers game is the low point of, of that spell. And actually started kind of okay against AC Milan, but it's a results-driven business and, and they got picked up and they lost. Then again, the Aberdeen performance, much of it did seem better, but... You draw the game and, and so you don't get the same credit Other night Pegged back from 2-0 But actually the It seems as if the performance Has been a bit more What you would expect From Celtic in the last few games I think I think um, Whatever happened at half time In the AC Milan game Certainly has had a big bearing On the performances being lifted Neil Lennon obviously decided At half time To change the shape in that game Second 45 was much better He continued into the Aberdeen game At Pataudry With that shape And it was much better Albeit still fragile um, Wheel, same shape Got a, some personnel back That fitted that shape And it looked much stronger And today stuck with it again We again bolstered with Edward being fully fit And again it looked stronger So I think, you know, there's a combination Of a couple of things there Obviously, you know Having lost so many players to injury And Covid It's had an effect on Celtic Even with having a big squad And you know, have an embarrassment of riches over other teams. It still affects your team. But just the chopping and changing between the shapes, you know, there was, you know, it's, it's a bit of discomfort there you could clearly see. I think this shape, the four-two-three-one, is the one that's suited to that personnel Neil Lennon's got. And I think you're seeing that now in the performances. Yeah, I think everybody can harp on about shapes. And I know what Mark's saying. I just think it's down to 
individuals getting back. I think Celtic were missing key players. I think they had one or two players off for him. It all started for me on Thursday night, Gordon. I watched the game in the studio and I thought that they looked very good. I thought it was a terrific performance, terrific result. Yes, people can argue, well, we were 2-0 up. You're away from home under pressure and everybody expects you to lose a game. And they carried that into today. And yeah, we, we can all go in shapes and which suits better. Celtic went three at the back before and was very successful. They've had their 4 2 three, one very. I thought it was just down to players. Look at Christie today. You know, Edward makes such a difference with his presence. You know, you had Scott Brown going about McGregor. I totally agree with Jim at Hamden. Thought it was excellent. Beat on Duffy at the back. Players just started to play. They've still to get other important players back. One for me is one of the most important players I've got is Forrest. People will disagree with that. They've got Julian to come back as well. So the signs just now, it's starting to build. I think Thursday night was a massive, massive night for Celtic. Have we seen a bit more belief, Jim, um, from, from the Celtic team at the moment? I, to be honest with you, Gordon, as I said last week, I, I don't think it was lack of belief, you know. But when you lose a couple of goals and you haven't done it, any any level of football will tell you, you know, you know, people get you'll hear all these phrases about getting into habits, and that's what you get if you're Rangers just now, for instance. You, you think, well, listen, we, you know, we're not losing any goals, and everyone, and, and I've got that kind of, you know, Alan McGregor behind him thinking, I don't want to lose any goals, or you know, be getting you, you an earful. And I think Celtic have to get into that mindset of. Listen, we're going to every game, not just winning games, but we're dominating the games and we're keeping clean sheets. And, uh, you know, that's something that, you know, that, listen, invariably, they don't lose that many goals. You know, I mean, if you look at the course of the, over the over the last few seasons, they've probably got the best defensive record in the leagues, but they've had a sticky spell. And, you know, as Mark says there, you get through your sticky spell, you come out the other side, and there are pivotal moments in season, there are game-changing um, you know, games that can change your season and impact your season, uh, and this might be one of those type of games. Without being at the brilliant best, they were still more, more than good enough to win the game, and that might just be the catalyst. Um, you know, to have a to have a, a great run, which they're more than capable of. There, there's no one I think can deny. Do you think Rangers fans would deny that Celtic could go on an eight, ten game winning run quite comfortably? Really, if, they, if they're up to speed. Uh, what did you make of Ryan Christie's goal today that set Celtic on their way? Well, contender for goal of the season. Uh, and I think it set the tone. Uh, it was such a, a thrilling goal. Uh, it it energised Celtic. And within five minutes, it was 2-0. Uh, and thereafter, Celtic never looked back. So that goal set the tone for the day. Yeah, sensational. Just somebody that was willing to make something happen. I, I touched on that before. It's such a small point, but he's on the touchline and instead of just standing there and receiving the ball on the touchline, he changes his mind. I'll make something happen. I'll go inside. But you've got to have the, the ability to execute that finish. And that was just a terrific strike. OK, thank you very much, John. Hopefully the throat clears up. It sounded a bit rough there, old John. Ooh. Hopefully he's on the mend. Don't like to hear that. 01419511025. Uh, before six o'clock, we will almost certainly hear from Neil Lennon and Derek McInnes on what they made of that game today. Of course, Stephen Gerrard spoke earlier on after the game at Rugby Park So Rangers fans It's a good time for you to get in touch How do you feel About moving nine points clear What did you make of the game today We'll hear from Stephen Gerrard And hopefully you next After the action It's your reaction 0141 951 1025
Clyde One Super Scoreboards Open Line Hugh Keevans, Mark Wilson, Gordon DL in the studio Nice and warm, Jim Duffy freezing no doubt at Hamden But he's here to take your calls anyway 01419511025 What have you made of today's football? Quite simple, it started off uh, at Rugby Park Rangers winning in the league And then Celtic clinched their place in the Scottish Cup final With a victory against Aberdeen Set to take on Hearts five days before Christmas In last season's Scottish Cup final We're going to hear from Neil Lennon very soon So Celtic fans keep your thoughts coming in Let's get the thoughts of Stephen Gerrard after that victory at Rugby Park. Well, I think it's a big win. Um, a win that we had to work hard for. Um, you know, there's a lot of questions in the build-up to this game, you know, talking about our record and uh, that we'd, you know, we'd failed miserably here on, on a couple of occasions, having got ourselves in front. We got ourselves in front today and I think, thought we showed really good resilience and strength and a different side to, to Rangers today. So, extremely proud of... The players' performance, I thought we thoroughly deserved the three points. We've got to continue to keep answering a lot of questions that are going to come our way. Um, I thought we had some really good counter-attack opportunities to go and take the points away from Kilmarnock earlier. You know, We need to take one of them chances so we can be calm and finish the game in a, in a better place because at 1-0 I've got nothing to lose. And the pile of men forward and they're going long, they're going more direct, second ball, if they get a free kick. You'd always leave yourselves open for, for Killy to snatch the points if you don't take your chances the other end um, but you know I can't ask anymore for the players I'm, I'm really pleased and proud of what they've given so far and we just need to continue where we are I won't look at the league table um, I'll analyse our performance today uh, I'll just give the players a bit of time off because we've had another tough week on the back of European night not many people mention what we have to give on a Thursday night before we come to places like this so the players deserve a bit of time and um, it's not the time of the, it's not the time of the month or the stage of the season to be looking at tables Craig is a Rangers fan on the line Craig, the manager's not looking at the table But we've looked at it for him And it shows that Rangers are 9 points clear at the moment Having played a couple more than Celtic How do you feel about that? Hey, well, hi Gordon, hi panel hi. Um, No, listen, I think Obviously I'm happy with the result um, I'm happy that we've got 3 points today And we've gone 9 clear of Celtic I think it was important um, In order that you can at least apply some pressure on Celtic because yes they've got two games in hand but the pressure on Celtic to win both of those games is huge because any drop points in those games providing of course that Rangers can keep their form going you know puts you know does leave Celtic in a more difficult position so in that respect I'm happy but I am concerned as well because as good as the last couple of weeks have been and we've got the victories and that that's fine but we're not scoring enough goals. And the problem is, you know, you talk about, well, they got the job done. And Hugh was talking about this a few weeks ago when Celtic were in that situation where, you know, they're just getting the job done. And that's what I feel like we've done today. We've got the job done. It wasn't a bad performance. Defensively, we showed a good side ourselves. But when you're playing in these types of games and you're one nothing up, unless you actually score more goals and take your chances, you leave it open for that goal to be got back at you whether it's a, a flip that goes in a moment of brilliance whatever it may be and I just worry that unless we start adding more goals in these games that that's eventually going to catch up to us and, and happen um, and I think that's probably my biggest gripe I just we need. I don't remember the last time we went and scored 3-4 goals in a game Well I think you did that against Dundee United uh, at Ibrox. Um I, I droned on all day About the lack of cutting edge From Rangers 
um, particularly second half at Rugby Park. Uh, Kent, for me, uh, there is a tremendous player in there, but gone quiet. Eaton, a couple of goals, a sub at Motherwell, gone quiet. Um, Morelos, gone quiet. Um, you know, Jermaine Defoe scored a beautiful goal the other weekend, and we all know about Kamar Roof, but uh, you're right. The, there's a, at the moment, there's not a real cutting edge about Rangers, but th- there's more than that to football. How, how, how can you go? How can you win so many games without having a cutting edge? I mean, today is a little bit different because at least Kilmarnock came slightly close, slightly close to, to causing Rangers to drop points. But other than that, they've been, they've been cruising I, within. Games. I don't think it's a concern. You, you you're saying Morelis went quiet. He came on on Thursday night and bullied your head around the back of your net. Um, I think as long as they look tidy at the back, which they're doing, their results are showing that. They get the quality middle, and it's not just a case of if you're a Rangers fan like a season or so ago, you're thinking, hold on a minute, Morelis isn't scoring. Where are we going to get the goals from? They've got goals all over our pitch. I, I, I agree in the fact, Hugh, about Kent not being these, you know, dominating games, but I think Rangers have become a team rather than individuals, Morelis getting the goals. Start of the season, Kent being brilliant. I think they've become a team, a unit. And I think going to Rugby Park today After the week they've had And getting a 1-0 victory 3 points, 9 points I don't see where a complaint is I mean Craig, particularly those away games Because the, the the narrative before the game today Was all about previous visits How tough it's been at, at Rugby Park If you look at Rangers games so far this season Away from home I'll do it off the top of my head Hopefully I haven't missed any So it was Kilmarnock today They've been to Celtic They've been to Hibs They've been to Aberdeen Livy did the same Motherwell so that would be the the top six if you like arguably you know the six toughest away venues um, they must have what 14 points from, from 18 in those games and, and only conceded so is it really that much of a concern? I don't know listen in terms of the, the result itself that's what I'm saying it's, it's not the result itself it's the, the, you know, the concern of course we've got the, the wins and that's always a good thing absolutely um, but when you look over the course of the last couple of seasons um, and, and I think Gordon's absolutely right in terms of we've became a team. You know, I think it's absolutely right. I think everybody is, you know, pulling their weight. I don't think there's any passengers in that team right now, which is always a good thing. But it, it's always a niggle when you watch a game like today and you're going to Kilmarnock and you're Rangers and with five, ten minutes to go, you've been put under that much pressure. Gerard's having to take off the striker to bring on a defender. Now, I get why he's done that and it's excellent game management. But if you're Rangers... And you're going to win the league title. You shouldn't have to do that in games. Now, Celtic over the last couple of years. Craig, Craig, that's how you win league titles by managing games. Now you've just you've just congratulated the manager on his team tactics today, and I agree with you. That's you're not going to go to Kilmarnock's because you're Rangers and won three four nil because he's are playing so well. Sometimes you have to manage a game in a different way that's important to get your three points. Rangers done that today. They managed the game. They seen the game out. It was a terrific bit of business way uh, the way Stephen Gerrard went about his business. You ain't going to win three four nil every week, mate. Yeah, I, I, I totally agree with Daz here, Craig. I mean. I, you're not going to win these games by a canter every week. Rugby Park has been such a sticking point for Rangers. And if you had said to most Rangers fans, look, another clean sheet and you'll go away nine points clear, you'd take it all day long. So would Stephen Gerrard. I think it's like, I think it's very impressive, you know, what Rangers are putting together here in terms of the amount of clean sheets 
They've always got the attacking players who will create chances and score goals. And I get that would be brilliant to watch your team win four and five nil every week, but that's just not reality. It's not going to happen. You don't win. I've yet to see a team win a league title like that where every week they go out and just batter teams four nil. Arsenal won the Premier League, and the song was one nil to the Arsenal. It was good enough for them. It's it's not a case of you can go and win three, four, five. Sometimes you've got to manage a game. Rangers achieved that today. And the biggest thing about it was three points uh, Jim Duffy, I know you were at Hamden But you, you've seen the action from Rugby Park as well So let's put the point to you Yeah, I mean I watched uh, most of the, the, the first half And then I watched the, the rest of it on the screen Just in front of us here up at Hamden um, No, listen, I, I think it was a terrific uh, result from Rangers And a, a very disciplined performance Stephen Gerrard said himself You know, I mean, they're, they're playing Thursday night in a European tie And then you go to Commander Which is a notoriously difficult place for anybody to go to Horrible conditions, you know, and a and a and a, and a pitch which Rangers have, have found, you know, very difficult over over the last couple of seasons to get a result. So I think you've got to look at that and say you won one nothing there. You're absolutely thrilled to get away, get up the road, three points, and as, as you guys have said there, give yourself a, a nine point cushion, albeit Celtic having two games in hand. And I don't think you could ask for any more at this time. Rangers' runner performances and results have been terrific. So. I don't, I don't know. I think that's just seems a wee bit pessimistic for Craig for me. But you know, I think that when you when you're getting those results, um, you know, you enjoy them because you know the guys will tell you in the studios sometimes these are the kind of results that can make the difference at the end of the season. Going down there and scrapping out a one nil win. Uh, Craig, I'm just thinking about the six clean sheets in a row. What do you think's key to that? Is is there one individual that you think's contributing particularly, or you know, what's what's the What's the main factor behind that record at the moment? I think I, I think it's about individual. I think it's two things. I think one is how well the defence is working as a unit. I think when you look at particularly you know Goldson in there, Hollander, I think has been absolutely terrific. I think when you look at the old Firm game, the challenge he made earlier on in that game that you know was a, a certainty to be a goal if he doesn't make that challenge is absolutely superb, and that's the kind of things. We've been seen, but I also do think, on the other hand, part of it is the fact that yes, a lot of the time we've been more comfortable in games because you know maybe going forward we've been a bit you know more in possession than at the back. But um, you know when you're up against situations today where I mean obviously there was today we only had like three shots in target, Kamalik had four or five, um, so you need the defence to be a unit for too long. That defence was made up of decent players but they just could not gel together and I think when you see the likes of you know even Barisic Tavernier you know who's in I think the form of his life right now um, you know and the, the balls that they are playing downfield it's making it easier for the midfield and the strikers to hold possession as well to take that pressure off them but um, and I'm not you know I know the guys are saying about being pessimistic I'm actually not trying to be I'm just trying to um, be real on the fact that Celtic are nine behind but they've got two games in hand and if the evidence of today is to go on Aberdeen is not going to be a problem for Celtic you know they had a slip up last week against them but today was normal service resumed where Aberdeen are concerned in their Celtic performances so I don't think Celtic are likely to drop points in those games and I just want to make sure Rangers themselves make sure they keep winning because if we drop points it will negate the good stuff that's been done right now I think uh, Craig is representative of a Rangers support who have waited a decade, a long, hard, miserable decade 
of underachievement. He's absolutely desperate for Rangers to get this over the line and win the first major trophy under uh, Stephen Gerrard. Uh, he's like the Celtic supporter who called earlier who said, write off Celtic at your peril. Nobody's written off Celtic and nobody's saying that Rangers aren't in a very good position. I think fans, as the season progresses, just get more and more anxious. Thank you, Craig. It's 01419511025 on the phones, but we are on Twitter as well. Uh, what have we got? Reno's Scowl says, as a Rangers fan, I'm delighted with Rangers' win and also the Celtic win because that's another match that Celtic have to squeeze into the fixtures. <laughs> See, you've got to look mm. at all possibilities. We've got Rangers fans delighted that Celtic are into the Scottish Cup yeah, final and going so. for a quadruple <laughs> treble. Yeah, well, you know, they won't feel that way if Celtic beat Hearts and it is a quadruple treble. Uh, you know, you, you feed off moments like that. If you win the quadruple treble, you're feeding off it. Uh, and if you become the first team in the history of Scottish football to win the Scottish Cup four times in a row, you're feeding off that as well. Yeah, Chris tweeted as well. He says there are just some grounds you go to and you just need to get the win any way you possibly can and go home. Rugby Park is one of those. Job done. But please, no more tense finishes like that, Rangers. Uh, and I suppose that does go back to the, the game management element of it, Gordon. It, it was probably more nervy than... Some Rangers fans would have liked But but that's why Stephen Gerrard decided Throw on Leon Balligan And uh, try and see it out I thought it was good management Gordon I really did um, What was the point of Trying to throw on another striker You know that it's a difficult uh, Venue to go to You're in control of it You're 1-0 up Stick another defender on See the see, see the game out Get the three points That's what they achieved mm. That's what wins you titles That's where I, I disagree with Craig He thinks that 3-4-0 every week Ain't going to happen Going to Rugby Park Getting your 1-0 Stick an extra defender on Because you're thinking I'm going to make sure This is secure That's what gets I think, you the I think the fans Sometimes get more nervous Than the actual players I think the Rangers yeah. players Would have been in total control And they've got the The knowledge Of the clean sheets Behind them I think when Balligan Comes on They're thinking You know We're giving nothing away And it looked probably more Frantic and nervy mm. For the fans at home Than it did to The guys on the pitch I don't think you can Keep those clean sheets Jim Relying on individuals It has to be a unit Not even just the back four But everyone in front of them as well But I do wonder about Some of them For instance Conor Goldson I've seen a lot of praise For his performance today Is he Has he taken his game up a notch This season? Yeah I mean again You know A couple of seasons You know He made He made some Basic errors You know at, at crucial games You know And uh, and those those got highlighted, of course, but and but I think there's a really good partnership with him and Hollander in there just now. Um, they seem to work off each other. A couple of times, Goldson likes to go and try and nick it at times. You know, I'm watching, and, and as, as all, all, all coaches not do, Hollander sweeping round the back, making sure that if he does make a mistake, he's covering them, and they're doing that for each other. Uh, a really good balance about Rangers, whether it's Davis that's in the centre of the middle, uh, the, the middle in front, or whether it's Jack or whatever, you know. But they've got a really good balance. They're working really hard, um, you know. They get across the pitch, denying space, and and uh, yeah, although Kamal had a, a couple of efforts that go with it, you know, Alan McGregor's not been called on really to make an outstanding save, you know, and or, or saves. Um, you know, everything everything yeah. they're doing, they're doing very very well. And but but goals in yeah, definitely. Um, one of the top performers of the season so far Now the game at Hamden means that Celtic are through to a Scottish Cup final Where they will take on Hearts Now Kenny's a Hearts fan on the line He called us a, a few days ago before the game I told him to phone in afterwards to, to let us know how he thought it went And of course it went pretty well Kenny Well it certainly did evening guys uh, No, I, 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 Listen I thought it was a, a cracking game to watch You know it was intense stuff And 
penalties missed and penalties scored, but uh, no, I'm chuffed to bits. And the nicer thing was that uh, sadly hearing the news about Mario Salyukas just before the, the kickoff, you know. So it was a kind of nice tribute for uh, the guy that lifted the cup for Hearts in 2012. Yeah, well said, Hugh. Because do you know what? The, see the image I've had in my head all night is the footage that they keep showing of of Zaliukas going up to pick up that oh. trophy. He looks exactly how a captain should look going up to do it. He looks absolutely delighted. Like yeah. it's one of the best moments of his life. And you think what that moment means to the tens of thousands of fans who are watching? That's how they would feel. That's how they want you to feel. Might yeah. not be you know brought up in in Gorgia, far from it. But just the emotion on his face when when you think back to that moment, look at the, the tragedy that's I mean, thirty six years of age yeah. it doesn't bear thinking about. Kenny is one of those Hearts fans who embraced Marius Zaliukas at the club. And when you um provide as Marius Zaliukas did, a memory that will live on in Kenny's mind and the minds of tens of thousands of Hearts supporters forever. Then that person is very close to your heart And on a purely humane level When a young man loses his life at the age of 36 It is a human tragedy Uh, uh, He may be a famous football player He may have contributed to Hearts history At the end of the day He was somebody's son Somebody's husband Somebody's father uh, so it is a human tragedy uh, Let's hear from Some nice tributes coming in From the Hearts camp yesterday Robbie Nielsen and Craig Gordon I found out Just about a minute before The, the players went out But we didn't speak to the players about it We just left it They know now You know it's I, I knew Marius personally You know for, for a number of years And it's devastating for everyone at the club Devastating because he, he he was a big part of the club But a huge part of the history The captain The, the, the 5-1 game against Hibs here so you know hopefully we can give a slight bit of comfort to the family to say that this game's for him as well because he's had a difficult period recently with his um, neuron disease and you know we're all thinking about his family at this moment We just found out um, sort of earlier this afternoon and yeah fantastic teammate played with him on quite a few occasions and uh, captain here as well um, when, when Hearts won the, the cup the last time he was he was here so um, it's a sad day at least we went out there and, and got the result I'm sure he'd be very proud If that win was for him though Mark Wilson it, it was a great one because the, the subplot uh, surrounding this game was was fascinating Hearts are a championship club and their season's barely up and running Hibs have been flying high one of the success stories of the Premiership so it had a real Interesting build up And it was Hearts that, that get the job done It was a terrific game uh, We were watching it You know They started it in here And you know I think Always went for a Hibs win Just purely because The way Hibs have been playing Everything looked quite good What Jack Ross was trying to achieve But Hearts You know They've got that uh, That determination Behind them That feeling behind them That all All the Scottish footballs Against them And that can sometimes Galvanise you And it's funny Looking at the game Because there's certain moments In the game That it, it was just amazing to see, you know, Nisbet's head, header in the first half, saved by Craig Gordon, is a carbon copy of the Hearts goal that goes in. You know, the penalty that wins it could quite easily have been the penalty that Nisbet had and went off the bar, and it was just, you know, back and forward. But huge congratulations to Hearts because they have taken a lot of knocks. They have had to go down a division. You know, there's there's a lot of teams in between them and Hibs, and you know the confidence that Hibs had going into the game, Hearts stifled them and got their rewards. What about the penalties then? Let's try our best and, and work through the ones given, the ones not given. Any complaints? 
I uh, think there'll be a few I, I think Rolly Collum is far too keen to give penalties Point number one uh, And I think he got two decisions wrong One for each side So it balanced itself I thought, out I thought the hardest one was a penalty I'd, 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 uh, I'd be claiming for that one I thought that was one No chance A penalty um, Does he miss one no. for Hibs? The one uh, at the end pull back I think uh, Doge Doge just yeah. pulled back I think yeah There was there was a hand in the shirt And then even when Boyle Goes around the outside Maybe there was a wee tug as well But Would have been soft But yeah It was <laughs> I had everything in the game I don't criticise the referees and, oh. But I've got to say I think the two calls Were totally wrong Yeah Yeah, yeah totally wrong I thought he got Both. them Both Yes Well he got all three right At Pataudry In the Aberdeen Celtic game All three Bang right mm-hmm. So hold but on if, if he got Hibs one wrong any chance of criticising Joe Newell for his part in it, or is it always Dying, the referee's yeah. fault? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, a fair play. Yeah, that, Joe Newell, we're trying to discourage that in our game, and it's never nice to see. I think he he cones Willie Cole. I, there. Thought, I thought too. Uh, both players made the best to yeah, the conditions helped yeah. as well. You can go down and get a good slide on. I just thought that there weren't penalty kicks, but they evened itself out because Hibs got one, Hearts got one. Hearts tucked theirs away. I'm delighted for Hearts. Um, they've been You know It's tough times As everyone says now People say Well okay That's where they were At the time Fine Let them go on with it They've not had a lot of football The same as Hibs Hibs have been flying high Under Jack Ross Went in as strong favourites And the good thing about Hearts And you've got to admire them Was It went Another 30 minutes oh. You know In yeah. their conditions And their players must have really Had to dig real deep To go and get it And well done to them How important is Craig Gordon And what he did yesterday Kenny? Oh it's fantastic It was like watching him When he first started the arts and, and came through Because he doesn't look 37 The way he pulled off that safe And as but said Fantastic guy but yeah, sorry, Hugh. I was just going to say, I I think we touched on that yesterday about him leaving Celtic. Oh. It's, you know, Hearts is good fortune that they managed to snap him up. It'll be a big part, but he can still do a job at the highest level, Craig Gordon. Yeah, Celtic made a mistake letting him go, in my estimation. But it's Hearts' good fortune, and Kenny, you know, a sense of grievance is a good thing for a club to have because it sustains you in the hard times. I've got one question for you, Kenny. What would you rather have, the Scottish Cup or promotion? <laughs> uh, you can say both, Kenny. Mm. Oh, definitely, <laughs> definitely say both. But no, Shug, uh, I think we're we're going to Hearts are now going to be what another six weeks better off training games yeah. uh, by the time the final comes about, and hopefully Celtic are a bit tired because they'll be playing all these European games. Well, we'll watch with interest Sunday the 20th of December Add it to your diary Hearts against Celtic Just before Christmas In the William Hill Scottish Cup final Jim Duffy I think we will bid you farewell Thanks for your service this afternoon Thank you Because I've got the security Giving me the I'm the only person I'm the only person here Everyone else is gone Every other uh, media outlet has disappeared So uh, I'm sitting here Alison's down Obviously getting the interviews But uh, yeah And it's absolutely howling down So yeah guys uh, Enjoyed it And uh, I will speak to you all soon Okay On your way Jim Duffy Before you get chucked out uh, We are about to hear from Celtic manager Neil Lennon If you want to hear What he had to say About today's game You can hear it here next the games are over. The talking begins. 0141-951-1025. Clyde One Super Scoreboards Open Line. 
We're here until 6 o'clock Hugh Keevans, Mark Wilson and Gordon Diel Are desperate to know what you made of today's football Whether it's you Rangers fans who've gone 9 points clear in the Premiership Or you Celtic fans who are into the Scottish Cup final What about the Hearts fans that will be there as well Or on the disappointed side of things Aberdeen fans, Hibs fans We're here for you all So let's do it 01419511025 These are the thoughts of Neil Lennon 35 consecutive Cup wins for Celtic into the cup final on the 20th of December against Hearts and he's a happy man that's fantastic you know to be in another cup final uh, the follow on from a great performance in France uh, on a really heavy pitch thought we were very comfortable thought first half were outstanding as expected the players tired you know you could see the starting to win a little bit and we had to change the shape and change the personnel but we saw the game out comfortably and it's another cup final and um you know, I'm sure there was a lot of expectation and pressure on them, but they didn't show any of it, and um, they handled the occasion very, very well. The ones coming in, Edward, Beton, you know, Rogic, you know, I thought they all contributed brilliantly to the the team. Two wide men were fantastic, you know, scored two great goals, and I thought we could, you know, maybe should have been one or two more up first half, and then you know, second half you could just see we started getting a little bit tired, a little bit fatigued, kicking in. And all we, we had to see the game out, and we did that comfortably. Scott Ian was very solid, very assured, and um, you know it's nice to keep a clean sheet as well. And you know the pressure was on. We've had a, a heavy volume of games, and um, we've come through it. You know on the edge, on the other side of it. Now I'm not saying everything's going to be plain sailing from here on in, but uh, we're starting to show real form again. But it's an, an amazing achievement. I don't know how many games that is now in, in cup ties, but. You know, I think it's their eighth cup final in a row. It's unprecedented, um, and they've come through with flying colours against all all challenges, difficult games, easy games. You know, uh, all types of weather. You know, you got to take all that into consideration, and you know, applaud the mentality and the character of the team as well as their ability. That's what Celtic are going to have to live with now. Uh, there'll be no let up at Sparta Prague on Thursday. It's Motherwell away Friday, eh, Sunday. It's uh, players going away to play for Scotland uh, in Serbia uh, And now a cup final on the, the 20th of December That will have to be fitted into an already congested schedule But Neil Lennon's right in one regard That they did follow on from a, a decent display in France They rediscovered their way of playing today They rediscovered that uh, individual and collective Flair that characterises Celtic And tired, fatigued or not They simply have to keep on going Providing that Yeah, I, I mean Neil's right to highlight as well The, the achievement that Celtic get into their 8th straight cup final I, I mean it's phenomenal to think When you go back in the stats And how difficult that is to do You know, Neil Lennon He played in one of the one of the best Celtic sides There was going about The one that went to Seville Even they couldn't achieve something like that So with the volume of games coming up He's right to highlight it I think tonight You know they'll take breath And sit down And enjoy their achievement Of reaching another cup final But then as of tomorrow It starts again And the games just keep coming Thick and fast But they've certainly got the squad The squad looks a lot stronger now That they've got one or two back And uh, I'm sure I'm sure Neil would have welcomed that Having a much stronger bench To pick from Turn round and go We're fatigued who can I throw on? I can throw on five real, you know, top class players to see this game out, and that's the way it unfolded. I mean, he picked out a couple, didn't he? he said the return of Edward and Beaton in mm-hmm. particular helped him. I, I totally agree. I, I thought Beaton 
today was superb. Um, Edward just gives you that presence, gives you that belief. They look different team, and I know that people can harp on about. Oh, not that long ago he was on the bench. Of course, he's got to take his dips like everyone else. It's been a very important four days for Celtic because. Tell, sorry, t- just before elaborate on that, tell us a bit more about what you think he brings because he didn't. Obviously, you know he didn't score. He, he missed a decent chance. Yeah, uh, he really, didn't. He didn't directly set anything up. But, but what is it that he, he brings? I think he brings fear to the to the defenders he's playing against. He can move players about. He can get the ball into feet. Uh, you seen he set up Rogic for the chip into El Yunusi because defenders were frightened. They, they actually let him turn. They were that frightened to get near him. He can just do some. Uh, uh, he's a player, Gordon. When you played with good players, like say, for instance, I, I was very lucky as a young Marco played with some great players, with David Cooper, for instance, and things were weren't going great, but you knew that we had a player that could just turn something in the in the minute, you know, in that split second, he could just turn something into something brilliant. I think Edwards like that for Celtic. I think when players who are top players beside them see him going out there and they see he's in the mood to go and play I think that encourages the players beside him Mark is on the line in Rock Hill what did you make of it today Mark? Yeah I found it alright yeah perfect to be honest absolutely perfect no worry about the nine point gap no worry about nothing as I was as like the hypothetical like putting your boots on now I've strapped up my boots now we're ready this is where the season starts for us we've, we've started and started in a wee bit everybody has to take time find their feet Duffy's coming in all the new stuff it's alright now we're ready to go yeah I mean you mentioned the nine point gap obviously Celtic do have games in hand marks so and no one really knows for sure how it will pan out what, what in particular makes you so confident that that, that can be overturned because we've got better players we can play better look at the style we played today as you said Mr. Kevins, you're a gentleman. Thank you very much. He's been called worse. And um, look at the style we play. Now we're just going to. Now we have to just go out and produce it. Just yeah. go and produce. Don't don't push it too hard. Just go and play. Well, to a, to a degree, um, you know, players are often regarded as not human beings. They're supposed to be robotic, and you know they'll do it week in, week out, mid week in, mid week out, but. Neil Lennon has pointed out that they are tired and do get fatigued. And that applies to Rangers players as well. They have the same European domestic roundabout that uh, Celtic are on. That's going to play a big part because Celtic do have Europe to contend with and they're, they're trying to catch up in Europe. And they do have this cup final. Now, I know they would rather have the cup final than not have it, but... It's game after game, competition after competition And they're just going to have to keep on going And I think James Forrest uh, may require an operation Which is going to be a a player, a big player out for some time Julien, there's no sign of Christopher Julien coming back in to help out Uh, And you know Celtic are having to contend with injuries and fixture congestion Uh, Mark, that's why today was... Such a big game I'm not saying that That the other Mark Your, your fellow Mark in Rockhill Is is right And it is going to be Nothing to worry about From here on in But usually semi-finals Are just about getting to the final And literally nothing else 
But this semi-final seems to have been about getting to the final And also people looking for some sort of sign that Celtic are on, on the right track uh, Yeah, I totally agree with that, Gordon I think just because the week it went by, uh, past or the 10 days before And particularly starting off with the Rangers game I think Celtic fans were looking for more from their team Not just results, they were looking for that passion and energy out their players And I think... Slowly, it's taken a wee bit, but ever since the second half in the Milan game, I think it's it's came back. And today was yes about getting to the cup final, but again it was building on the good work that they done on Thursday night. And Neil mentioned that that it, it, this performance and results came off the back of that. And he'll hope then Thursday night will be similar, and then next week will be similar, and they keep rolling on and getting better. But I think you know you marry it all together, the, the change of shape and the personnel coming back. You know, people mm. playing, you know, much better. You know, because players do go off colour. You know, even when they're playing, they're fit. <laughs> they do go off form. But um, it looks like guys like Christie and, and Rogich and El Yanusi, you know, are are back to form. Neil mentioned it last week. He thoroughly believed that he could play, the team could play their way back to form. And it's looking that way at the minute. Yeah, I do agree with that. Um, I think they had to. Um, there was a lot of questions being asked of them. That's why I thought Thursday night was so important because you could have looked at Thursday night going over there and taking a drubbing and getting put out the, the cup today. So it was a big, big four days for Neil Lennon oh. under Pre- Andy's team. But you've got to give them all the credit in the world. They responded to it. I thought their performance in France was brilliant. Today, they looked like they're back to their old self. Some of their, their forward play, middle to forward, was great. Their goals were terrific. They've got other players still to come back. Of course, Celtic are going to be a massive threat with this quality in the squad. Who in particular pleased you today, Mark? Who were the players that you thought stood out? It's all the usual, guys. It's not a, It's not just about the one individual. It's not just about Edward. It's the whole feeling about the whole club. I'll take us forward. So, like Hugh says, we will lose players like Forrest. And that's fair enough. That's just part of the game. I think the most impressive it's thing... It's going to happen. It's going to happen. Yeah. And, but we, the whole club is going forward now. The most impressive thing for me was going into the game today... Everyone had harped on about four games without a win for the first time in six years. Everyone had mentioned ten goals lost in those four games. Uh, Shane Duffy was getting a dishonourable mention. There was the controversy over being in goal. And at the end of all of that pre-match speculation and uh, controversy, Celtic came out and... In the first half, they played their best 45 minutes of the entire season so far. I think to do that when you've gone into the game under so much pressure says a lot about what you are capable of doing. Just on that, is it Bain's position to lose now? Is, is that him? Is he, is he oh, the yeah. number one? I yeah. think so. At the moment. Yeah. I think so. I, mean, I think you trust being better just now. And I know that you, you go game by game and... Guys coming into our league it takes time to settle in. Barkas hasn't hit the ground running. Fine, but they must believe that he's a top quality goalkeeper to pay that sort of money for him. He made just a case of taking time to settle into a club, settle into his new surroundings. Just now they've got a capable keeper of Bain, so just now, yeah, Bain will be the number one. You think of Bain throughout his Celtic career? I don't think he's done much wrong at all. He's just fell victim of. You know, other goalkeepers being brought in. Fraser Foster was brought in, and Bain had to play second fiddle. Barkas the same. 
But I think, yeah, now he's doing no wrong. He's kept a clean sheet. They can build on that. Yeah, I, I would stick with Bain for the time being. The manager very cleverly got in a mention of Bain. Uh, you know, no one asked him a, a specific question about Scott Bain, but he mentioned them and he used the words solid and assured. So I think that was Neil Lennon's way of saying, look, you don't need to ask me about Barkas. I'm going to tell you about Bain. Bain is solid and assured. So right now, there's no danger who will play against Sparta Prague on Thursday night, and it won't be Barkas. His distribution's always been his main mm-hmm. strength, if you like, Gordon. I think th- does that allow Celtic to to sort of build as as they did a few times from the back today? Obviously, we know goalkeepers vast majority of the time you're judged on keeping the well there was, the ball out the net. But there was one time today, and I, I think it came for a. a by kick Gordon and that they played it short and played right through Aberdeen and only for Edwards touch uh, there'd been some some goal um, yeah it helps the modern day goalkeeper now has to be really the sweeper good with his feet comfortable be able to go right and left to the full backs when uh, teams press you high up the pitch but I think just to now for Celtic the most important thing is forget that make saves he didn't he wasn't asked to make a big save today because I thought yeah. the back four protected him that's what getting clean sheets is all about yeah, Scott McTominay nil Kieran Tierney nil At Old Trafford 50 minutes gone Decent game actually For a I yeah, love an Arsenal game. Well, I love an Arsenal Arsenal look much better than Man United That's for sure Oh they play some terrific football Arsenal I've got to say that Still nil nil Can he score <laughs> Right 0141 In the phones At Clyde SSB On Twitter If you want to hear from Derek McInnes We'll bring you his thoughts next After they play you have your say. 0141-951-1025. Clyde One Super Scoreboards Open Line. We're in the final part of tonight's Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Hugh Keevens is here. Uh, Mark Wilson and Gordon DL are alongside him. And we're reflecting on a big day of Scottish football. It kicked off at noon down in Ayrshire. It's been a miserable day for football, you have to say. But Rangers got the job done. A James Tavernier penalty, giving them a 1 0 win. At Kilmarnock So 9 points clear at the top of the Premiership Celtic were in cup duty today And they're through to the final After a fairly comfortable 2-0 victory Against Aberdeen We heard from Neil Lennon He's a happy man uh, And on the flip side of that Derek McInnes Not so happy We've obviously lined up with a a really attacking team Um, I think it's been a pattern this season We've had a lot of benefit from that And we wanted to try and strike that first blow in the game We wanted to try and show the confidence that we've been shown certainly last week's game from the outset and uh, let Celtic know we were there and I thought the chances we had in that first half I thought uh, Matt Kennedy carried the fight put some great crosses in Cosgrove missed a couple of chances and I do think that trying to get at their back lot and, and trying to be as positive as we can have enough speed in the team was important for us their movement spooked us a wee bit more certainly than it did last week you know I think Christie's goal was a, a, a brilliant strike you know and, and um and rightly will probably be applauded but we've got to be when he takes that step inside he's got to be confronted with an Aberdeen shirt we were too deep um, and we spoke at half time about trying to win the second half get that first goal as early as possible and I thought we were a better team second half I, I really did I thought we we were braver we were starting positions we turned the ball over more I don't think Celtic enjoyed the game as much but we needed that goal to spark us and give us a chance to throw the kitchen sink at it but Unfortunately for us And uh, it wasn't enough on the day Better team in the second half But spooked yeah. By Celtic's movement And is that a Halloween pun In there from Derek McInnes? I don't think he meant A, a Halloween pun at all I think he was paying Celtic A compliment there That uh, 
They came out in such a fashion that it just took Aberdeen by surprise and they couldn't match Celtic's movement and they couldn't match Celtic's ability in front of goal. And, uh, you know, I don't think anyone could say that it was anything other than a comprehensive and fully deserved win for Celtic. A fair assessment from Derek McInnes. He said, I've, you know, yeah. he says they, they were the better team second half in his mind. Um, yeah, well, they were on the sense. You know, Celtic, I think, would, were wasteful in possession and Aberdeen certainly gave it a go. But, uh, you know, he's right with the movement. I mean, Chris's first goal, I touched on it. He's on the touchline. If that's a James Forrest or something, I think he hugs the touchline and gets the ball. But Christie's not that type of player. He's clever. He steps inside and Derek's right that there was nobody there to go and confront him. If you give a player that class, that time, he's going to punish you, and he does. But um, now a fair assessment. Aberdeen did carry the fight in the first 10-15 minutes. They did put balls into the Celtic box and made them defend. But you've got to give credit to Celtic and how they defended in that period. Felt their way into the game and then took over. Uh, I slightly disagree. Um, you know, I thought that his tactics were right to go and try and get the first goal. Um, because I thought, you know, even Derek would probably think if we lose the first goal against Celtic at Hamden, we tend to lose the games. Second half, possession-wise, yeah, they weren't... I never really looked at Aberdeen and thought they have got to get back in the game, Gordon. Uh, Neil Lennon said that Celtic players tired. Yes, OK, I can understand that. But I didn't see anywhere at all, and I know Derek quite rightly changed his shape, tried everything he possibly could, but I just never had that feeling that Aberdeen had anything that could just get them back into the cup tie. And Celtic were comfortable for me. Let's bring in Brenda, who's a Celtic fan from Erskine. What did you make of what you witnessed this afternoon, Brenda? Oh, hi, guys. Hi. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm a third time caller, sorry, to the show. Hi, uh... Good to have you. What did you make of the football today? Yeah, well, I'm a Celtic fan, but I'm football through and through, even though I'm a female, I watch all football. But anyway, I thought um, I, I thought the criticism that has came uh, Celtic's way and Neil Lennon's way has been, you know, justified. But I feel that I always kind of felt that they would, um, you know, once they got their players back, uh, uh, that they would um, mm-hmm. progress. But today... I felt the first half was really aye. It was back to the, the old Celtic, but that's my first point. Yeah, so I suppose that's the thing, Hugh, because especially in this part of the world, every word that you say about the other team, you know, is, is scrutinised in so much detail. And, and when people were talking about Celtic's absentees, then opposition fans jump in that and say, "Don't make excuses for them. We've got players out as well." And, and, and that's all true. It, it, you don't have to link everything. If you just strip it down to a very simple level Will Celtic be better when they do have Christie and Eduard and Beaton etc available Compared to when they don't The answer is yes that, That's all I think people were really saying Quite simply the first 45 minutes you were looking at the Celtic Who have put the down payment on the quadruple treble uh, You were not looking at the Celtic who uh, Toiled at Tannadice before getting a late goal Not the Celtic who went to St Mirren and scraped by uh, not the Celtic who needed five subs in the second half to beat St Johnston and time added on you were looking at a proper performance you were looking at Christie doing what he's capable of doing El Yunusi, uh, Tom Rogic Callum McGregor Shane Duffy had his best game in a Celtic jersey it, it was simply the best day of the season for Brenda and for Neil Lennon and for all of the Celtic fans. What was your second point, Brenda? 
to I it was just to say that um I wanted to touch on the goalkeeping situation. I know mm-hmm. that um Fraser Forster obviously refused, you know, he obviously went back down south. But um, I think that Bain, at the moment, you know, should be the number one goalkeeper because I don't have any confidence really in Barkas. Am I being disrespectful? I don't know. No, you're simply being uh, factual. You know, that I don't think that at the moment Neil Lennon has much confidence in Barkas. Uh, otherwise, he wouldn't be on the bench. Um, at the moment, Barkas, I don't know why. But you just can't trust them, and uh, you know Celtic have made the change. And management is about making those bold calls. And Scott Bain, who was last season's number three goalkeeper, is now this season's number one goalkeeper. And I think again, Neil Lennon deliberately mentioned him in his post-match remarks, calling him solid and assured because he knows that Baines is number one choice right now. I do feel like Celtic fans are a bit split on this, Mark. I was thinking about the tweets we received yesterday saying, OK, but yeah, Bain did well and he saved the penalty midweek, but he still dropped one and they hit the bar. And some were saying he should have saved Lille's first goal and all the rest of it. So I'm not sure. Sh- I mean, Hugh's convinced at the moment. Brenda is. Uh, I think you do agree, but I still mm. feel like there's a... There's a bit of a There's split. still an argument Yeah, yeah I, I can see that You know I don't think Bain's been perfect But I think he's a better Better bet at this minute I think w- Lots of the things That have came Barkas's way Since he signed You know A couple of easy goals You know Going under his arm Even a couple of the saves He makes are, are questionable You think he could Possibly do better Never really look convincing I think when you're Going through a hard time As a back four And you've got a centre half Like Duffy Who was going through a hard time you need your goalkeeper at least to be reliable And you need your back four to trust your goalkeeper And I don't think I think all these parts added together Too many <laughs> too many shaky options there at one time mm-hmm. Can I just finish off, sorry Just to say about the Hearts player um, They know that passed away And I just think it puts everything into perspective So... Yeah, it does. You know what? That's a lovely note to finish on, Brenda uh-huh. Because I think Speaking on behalf of, of everyone, Hugh It's just... I think... You know, it's the age that that strikes you. Unfortunately, we have to we we lose these people that, oh. that are in the public eye, uh, and it's, it's never nice and it's never easy. I mean, thirty six years of age. I don't think we, as a, as a footballing country, necessarily knew that that Marius Zaliukas was suffering with illness. No, not at all. Um, I mean, speaking as a father who has three children, all of whom are older than thirty six. I mean, you 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 couldn't begin to contemplate losing your child at that age. Uh, and when it comes to footballers The death is always Remarked upon as the death of a famous football player But I repeat It is the death of somebody's son Somebody's husband And somebody's father That's what makes it the, the tragedy it is Yeah, Nice note to finish on Brenda Thank you very much That was Brenda in Erskine Hopefully we'll speak to you soon Give us a call back on that same number Let's hear a bit more from Stephen Gerrard to finish off He was discussing amongst other things Cedric Eaton Who got a bit of a surprise start for Rangers today Superb man of the match Hands down This is one of the hardest places to come as a team And for an individual uh, Especially in the forward areas They've got good defenders uh, Defenders who are physical who, who really make it uncomfortable for you It was hold up play today That was a top all round performance For someone who's big, strong Hold the ball up He was a threat He's been patient. He's been patient. Um, you know, he's one that we've had to treat slightly different. He's a young lad coming away from home on his own. Um, he hasn't had a off season. He hasn't had a rest yet. So I need to try and find the right time to look after him. But he's hungry. 
He's a great professional. He's a top kid and I'm pleased that he's here. And he's only going to get better and better. I think the Rangers fans have seen him today and gone, yeah, I can see where, where, what they're trying to do with him. And um, he's going to grow and grow and be a, a real good player for Rangers. That's what you call a confidence booster from your manager. Mm. A lot of people will agree. A lot of people disagree. I thought the boy played very well. I thought he he worked very hard for the team, Gordon. Um, yeah, Stephen Gerrard saying there will need to manage him, but he started by managing them by praising them. And when you hear that from your manager and you've had a start today, it gives you a bit of a lift. So it's good man management from Stephen Gerrard. Slightly overhyped, but for me there, I don't think he was man of the match. No, um, in my opinion, um, yeah, of course it's a confidence booster for Eton. It's just another player that's come in and and done well. In Steven Gerrard's opinion, he he can obviously trust him now. Um, but again, I think there was better performance than for Rangers than, than Eton today. Well, again, it's like Neil Lennon mentioning Scott Bean. You you get in your retaliation first before anyone uh, asks you any questions. Bain was solid and assured Eaton was man of the match uh, It's clever management by the pair of them uh, And Hugh, it sets us up for An incredible week now Because they both have to go at it again uh, In the Europa League on yeah. Thursday I think there's a Premiership card on Friday night Which Celtic and Rangers should have been playing in But that of course means they get moved uh, To Sunday, Sunday. Yeah. If you're looking at potentially tricky ties Celtic going away to Motherwell It, it might be, it might not oh. be But on paper it it could be one of the trickier away venues And then we're, we're full steam ahead to, to big games Including for the national team as well Yeah uh, For Celtic they should go into the game at home against Sparta Prague With renewed heart uh, If they can get all three points against Sparta Prague And then uh, go to Prague the following week uh, then you know, their hopes of qualification could improve. Uh, then they go to Motherwell and they have to carry on today, uh, carry on next Sunday as they did today. Uh, if you're Rangers, you're going to Benfica knowing that this is a real test of you. But if you played 37 European ties under Steven Gerrard and won 20 of them, you can travel with reasonable confidence to finish. It's not often a team goes nine points behind in the league and gets into a qualif- into a cup final on the same day. Celtic getting into the cup final and keeping a clean sheet will please Neil Lennon immensely. Another big day of Scottish football done and dusted. Rangers go nine points clear at the top of the Premiership with a 1-0 win at Kilmarnock thanks to James Tavernier's penalty for Celtic. Well, it was all about the cup, continuing that fantastic run and they did 35 cup wins in a row, chasing the quadruple treble through to the final to take on Hearts on the 20th of December. We're back tomorrow night from six with Hugh and Alex Ray. The chart shows up next.